When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. What are you trying to tell me? That I can dodge bullets? Hello, you're listening to Known For, a filmography podcast with me, Bob Shoy, and my co-host. Hey, it's Becca. And uh, this episode we're talking about the filmography of Keanu Reeves. Yep. This was your choice. Yep. Why did you choose Keanu Reeves? Because um, I wanted to watch The Matrix again. <laughs> right. So this is similar to when super, you... Super selfish. Yeah, this is like when you chose Liv Tyler so we could watch Lord of the Rings again. Yeah. Uh, but I love Keanu Reeves as well. Um, I've seen like... A fair bit of his filmography, but I think um, there's a lot of it I haven't seen, so I was really intrigued by all the stuff uh, I hadn't seen yet. And not only is there a lot of it you haven't seen, there's a lot of it. Yeah. Like, it's a huge filmography. Yeah. I think more than people realise. Yeah, I feel like he's, I don't know, he kind of goes under the radar a little bit. Like, you kind of, he's like an iceberg. (laughs) People only know what's, like, on the surface. Right. But actually, there's a tonne. That you don't know about. Well, he's been in, he's still in films now, like yeah. prominent big release films, and he's been in films since the eighties. Yeah. Um, and there's a hell of a lot, and he's sort of gone through a few um, sort of phases in his career. He played like the teen stoner for a while, like mm. the slacker sort of typecast. Yeah. Then he moved into like the typical like nineties action star, like edgy a bit. Then he did like a load of weirdo sci-fi stuff. Mm. And then, and then he did like some like romantic leads, mm-hmm. and now he's sort of transitioned into like kind cool, of cool old man, cool old man, yeah. But also, like he's also really interested in like martial arts and yes. stuff, yeah, and that always like that. really weaves into some of his roles, mm-hmm. especially like his more recent stuff, like John Wick's. Um, and I just said John Wick's like the shop, yeah. <laughs> John Wick and like I suppose it didn't stem from the Matrix but like it was kind of like leaned on really heavily in the I Matrix. feel like there's two halves of his career there's like mm. before the Matrix and then like and after. Then after the Matrix right okay so we're gonna chat about bef- well we're gonna do his IMDb top four and then we're gonna chat about before the Matrix well we'll talk about him first yeah so yeah there's the, he's had some criticisms as an actor right some people think he's quite wooden right what do you think? Do you think he's wooden? I don't think so. I think now that we've seen... We haven't seen like all of his filmography yet, but from what I've seen, I think when he was younger, he was a bit more like fluid and mm. like um, a bit more like chill with his acting. 
Yeah, I think maybe I actually, that's the characters he was like portraying, but like then I think he does kind of stiffen up a little bit, yeah. but in a good way, in a way that is like progressive to the, his characters. What I've noticed is the middle era mm. is like the most wooden. Mm. Now he's older, he like just delivers his lines with like a certain gravitas. Yeah. And when he's younger, like you said, he's really like fluid and relaxed in his roles. Yeah. But there's that middle era, which is maybe around the time he's doing his biggest films, where he has got like a slightly woodenness to it. But depending on the role, it really, it really works. works. Yeah. yeah. Like um, regular listener and contributor Neil said, like, there's certain roles he does which are like completely defined by him as an actor. Mm and I'm thinking like Neo in that. Yeah. Where that, I, I don't want to say like woodenness, but like his... Yeah, but we're in the, like, we'll probably talk about this more in depth, but like in the first Matrix, I don't find him that wooden. He's more like no. inquisitive. Yeah, that, that's interesting. We'll come to that when we talk about the Matrix because I've mm. got some interesting stuff about his inquisitive nature in those films. Um. So I don't know. I think everybody maybe like exacerbates that like trait in him because I don't think it's necessarily true in some roles yes and I think people have just like that's like his acting style but I really think that they've painted that with a really broad brush and it's not correct he's really hard to pin down because there are films that you watch where he did gives it like an incredibly good mm. and even like nuanced performance and then I there's some roles you watch you like oh yeah I can see how people think this is kind of like lackluster hmm and they like wildly oscillate between the two. How dare they? And there's no sort of rhyme or reason to why some. It's like some of some performances. He just like it's like they didn't grab him as much mm. after when he got onto it. I don't know, but um, like we we always talk about like, is there any sort of type of performance you associate with him? Any sort yeah. of trait like gravitates towards yeah that you've noticed whilst watching well like you said like he's definitely been typecast like quite a lot in his younger years mm. he's this very like kind of relaxed dude quote unquote mm-hmm. um which i don't mind but it seems really weird because i feel like it's not i don't know i didn't know him <laughs> obviously i don't know but I don't know if that is him portraying him like himself, like or or it's him him portraying a character, and I don't know why he got typecast into that. So that's quite interesting. Mm. So some of his deliveries, I know people say like I keep going back to the people saying he's wooden, mm. but um, I think even more of like he's got like a very his voice. It's just his tone of voice is very even keeled. Yeah, he's more. Like, he's quite like by. He has a, like a, a very monotone voice. Yeah. And for some characters it works in its favour and for some it doesn't. But that's just his voice, I think. Mm. And it can really detract from in some people's opinion on the performance. But yeah. um, I think of it more of like an even-keeled voice. Or I yeah. feel like he plays a lot of like very reserved characters. I've yeah. I think later on, yeah. Mm-hmm. But a little about him. Um, he was an aspiring hockey player. Cool. Uh, when he was in school, he had the nickname The Wall because he was a really good goalie. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, but he had a bad knee injury. Right. And that led to him not being able to pursue that as a career. Right. And he sort of fell into acting All right. after the injury. Cool. And you notice he has, you've, you've noticed it in a few films, he has like a, a very particular like gait. A gait to yeah. his walk or his run. Hmm. Um, probably stemming from his knee injury, I'm guessing. Right. Um, but he uh, also has the prominent uh, abdominal scar that's just noticeable in some roles when he's got his kit off. 
I didn't know. I don't know, sir. It's above us. Um, oh my god, maybe I haven't. Above us belly button. Why haven't I seen this? Um, and that was from a bike crash that he had. He's really into bikes, isn't yes, he? Yes, he is. Uh, he has a number of bikes. Um, he's got like a workshop. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's got like a custom workshop. I know he has a collection of bikes, and he's uh, mm. he's really into my bikes. Um, so cool. He was born in Beirut mm. in Lebanon. And he lived there for just the first six months of his life. They moved mm. to Sydney. Right. He lived there till he was three. Then lived in New York till he was six. Oh, my God. And then over to Canada, where he grew up in Toronto properly until he was 21. And then, you know, went off on his own. That's cool. So he's had a real sort of variety of, of growing up, mm. of places he's grown up. I think, like, I don't know, moving to Toronto at six is a good age to, like, the last time you move. And then you have, like, your... Your formative years and like, yeah, one place is mm. good. Yeah, I think it's important to be in like a place when you're going through that like teenage yeah. phase. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, his name is Hawaiian. It means cool breeze over the mountains. Uh, he's a big fan of ballroom dancing. <laughs> Amazing. Surprisingly. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, I found that today. I was quite surprised. So cool. And he, uh, as a hobbies, he likes to surf. Yeah. And he likes to ride horses. That's cool. Both of which are hobbies he sort of got into through film roles. Yeah. Like he wasn't a surfer until he did Point Break and then had to learn to surf and then was like, I really like this. That's cool. And the same for horse riding. Like he had to learn horse riding for a role and then he really enjoyed it. So that that's the best way to like learn a hobby though, because I think learning is the most expensive part. So if you're literally paid to learn to do something, why wouldn't you carry on doing yeah, it? Yeah. I mean, what like a, a bonus for him to say, well, actually this thing I had to learn, I actually really enjoy. So that's a new hobby. Yeah. And he's also, like you said earlier, he's into martial arts. Mm. Um, he's trained in many different forms of martial arts now. Yeah. Um, starting with the Matrix when you had to learn Kung Fu and things. So. Like multiple. It's crazy. Yeah. And uh, that's now something he's really interested in and mm. has done many films that involve that stuff. He is um, notoriously a very nice person. Hmm. <laughs> Everyone says how nice he is. He does lots <laughs> of nice things. Um, I actually used to uh, know someone who had a friend who had worked with Keanu Reeves. He was involved in film production. Cool. And they had said... You know, he's incredibly nice. nice. Um, they said, they, they gave me an example of being on set with him and um, one of the runners, like the, you know, the sort of nobody guys on set running around giving bits and bobs, uh, had to get to the airport um, and they were running late. Oh my God, I have to leave set. I have to go. I have to go see my girlfriend. Keanu overheard it. Oh my God, you've got to go. Like, and then jump in my car and drove him to the airport himself. That's crazy. You hear loads of stories like that. He's just an incredibly nice guy. And a very genuine yeah. person, which is... Um, He's so wholesome. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. The other interesting thing I read today is that he's also dyslexic, which I found interesting. I wondered if mm. that was something that would have an... He found a challenge to overcome for learning scripts yeah, or like things like that. Yeah, like reading his roles and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, really nice guy, really interesting guy. Had a number of tragedies in his life, but always seems to just continue on and, like, move past things. And, mm. um, yeah, that's, that's Keanu. Yeah. yeah. He's so great. Uh, are we gushing about him enough yet? <laughs> I mean, I am. I do like him. Um, I he, Like I said, I like the variety of roles he's done, and he's been in a lot of films I really love. But yeah. we'll we'll go over them as we go. And a lot of these are new to me as well. Mm. 
So, Let's get into the Matrix yeah, then. Yeah, like refresh us. Well, we'll just refresh us what his known fours are. Right. So at the moment, it's the Matrix, mm-hmm. Speed, mm-hmm. Point Break, mm-hmm. and the Matrix Reloaded. And they are the same four as when we announced on the last episode. So they're pretty, yeah, they're pretty solid. So fours. maybe we should talk about Point Break and Speed first, and then we can just talk about the Matrix meaty, meaty as a whole. Matrix. Yeah, we'll, okay. just talk about, we'll do that with Ivani. We'll just talk about the whole thing. Well, let's do Point Break because that was his earliest one. Yeah. So Point Break's 1991. Yes. And it's basically about like a FBI guy who is like following these surfers. It. He goes they, undercover as a surfer. Because they're like robbing banks and stuff. Um, it's him, uh, Patrick Swayze, oh amazing, um, Gary Boosie, and like, yeah, a few other people. Um, man, this film. <laughs> I, I think this film is brilliant. It's so good. It's this, so good. This was his first action role. Oh, okay. And at the time, people were really concerned because he'd done a number of like sort of ser- more serious roles, My Own Private Idaho and okay. some of his early teen roles, which were quite serious, even though he's playing sort of like the slacker character in them. Yeah. They're kind of serious films. The content, yeah. And a lot of critics who sort of he was on the radar for, they thought, oh, this guy's going to be like a real indie film guy. Yeah. He's one to watch. And then when he accepted this, they were like, oh no, he's going into the action film territory. Right. But Point Break is a great action film. Yeah. And one that I wasn't that familiar with until well, we watched this last year, the year before, mm. only in the last couple of years, we saw this for the first time. Because it's one of them, you know, sometimes you come across a film and it's like, I've never actually seen that. Yeah. And then you sit down and watch it. And neither of us could believe how good it still was. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't dated. Actually, do you remember why we watched it? No. We were watching the Cornetto trilogy again. All oh, right. And after Hot Fuzz, um, Point Break is referenced quite heavily in Hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah. And we were both like, we knew it was referencing Point Break. Mm-hmm. But we both just said, I've never actually watched Point Break. Let's watch it. Let's just watch it. And yeah, it's great. It has the, like, he can't shoot the guy, so he lays on his back and shoots his gun into the air. Yeah. That amazing scene. Yeah. Have you ever seen Point Break? No. Amazing bit in Point Break where they jump over fences. Is there no? 29. That is why he's just robbed this bank. Keanu Reeves is chasing him through people's gardens. And he goes to shoot Swayze, but he can't because he loves him so much. And he's firing his gun up in the air. He's like, oh. Have you ever fired your gun up in the air and gone, ah? No, I have not ever fired my gun up in the air and gone, ah. There's not a lot I can say about Point Break. Other than if you aren't familiar with it, go watch it. Yeah. This is a great action film. Yeah. If you need any convincing, Keanu Reeves' character is called Johnny Utah. <laughs> Like that's gonna sway them. <laughs> that, that sways me. Oh my that, god! That Patrick sways me. Oh. <laughs> it's also got Patrick Swayze. Um, yeah, originally the film was gonna be called Johnny Utah, right? Um, and then sort of like the studio were like, "Well, this doesn't really give you anything about the plot. It doesn't have anything to do with surfing." Yeah. Let's change the name. Mm-hmm. So then they changed the name to Riders on the Storm. Right. After the song, and then they looked at the lyrics of the song like this doesn't have anything to do with surfing. <laughs> Can we change the name again? And then they changed it to Point Break. I think it's a good title. Yeah, it's a good action film title. Isn't yeah, it? it's really good. So uh, just watch it. My whole life, I've done things for other people. In high school, I played football because my old man expected me to, uh-huh. and my parents always figured I'd go to law school, so I did. Football scholarship. Is this going to take a really long time? Wait. So I'm a big hero to my folks, right? Mm -hmm. But two years ago, 
They were killed in the car wreck. You can't imagine it. Your whole life changes. And I suddenly realized that all my goals had been their goals. And I hadn't been living my own life. So I wanted something for myself. So I come out here from Ohio a month ago. I've never seen the ocean before. Any ocean. I never thought it would affect me so much. I'm drawn to it. Or something. I want to do what you do. It's the truth. He hadn't, uh, before he did this film, he hadn't surfed. Like I said before, he now mm-hmm. enjoys it as a hobby. So he had to learn to surf. He went yeah. to Hawaii and learned to surf there for this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, as did like Patrick Swayze and, and the other. I think it's cool because like the character Patrick Swayze plays kind of like takes him under his wing. Yeah, a little I bit. love the relationship between them yeah. in this film. And like, even though, like Patrick Swayze knows, he knows, right? Yeah, to end. a certain extent, he suspects him. There's this great back and forth cat and mouse between them. Yeah. Where Keanu's character really does like this guy. Like, he respects him and looks yeah. up to him. They like He, like, really... He gets... Obviously, it's like a job and he's asked to, like, kind of infiltrate. But then I think when he gets in with the, like, group, he really... Surf gang. Yeah, he has, like, an affinity <laughs> with them and he actually really likes them. And he's kind of just, like... Just a bit upset that he finds out that they actually, spoilers, are bank robbers. And he has to like take them down and it's like a bit bittersweet for him. Yeah, it's fun to see Keanu, who's been typecast as like a stoner, slacker, surf dude sort of type character, play a police officer. Playing a stoner, slacker, yeah. And he's really not that. So it's a really fun mix of the typecasting. I think that it kind of plays on that, which I really like. Yeah. The only other thing I found interesting about this is that the role was originally offered to Willem Dafoe. Oh, my who God. Who turned it down. <laughs> well, that would have wow. been a very different film. I think Keanu was good for this film. So I think um, we'll sort of move on to about Speed as well. Yeah. I think Speed's the more famous of the two. Yeah. But I think I prefer Point Break. Yeah. I really like Point Break. So let's talk about Speed then. Yeah. Um... It's him and um, Sandra Bullock. Is this the first time that they work together? Yes. They've yeah. only done two films together, right? I think they've done... I feel like it's like him and... I feel like it's like uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. They're kind no, of like... No, that's more him and Winona Ryder. Right. They've okay. done like four films together. Okay. Because I read some stuff about this, like but when they filmed this, both each of them... Like fancied the other person, but didn't oh, really like let on. Yeah, I did. Rem- I do remember seeing that. Um, and they kind of had like a. She had a real crush on him. Yeah. And she said in interviews years later, like filming it was kind of awkward because she had a real crush on him. Yeah. And then after his response to that interview, after seeing it, was like, oh, that's really weird because I had a crush on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this was really a breakthrough role for him. Yes, like, this definitely. is like. This is always, when you think of like Keanu as an action star, this is always the yeah. film that sort of rises to the top. So, yeah, quite early on, like 94 as well. Mm. Like, big, big action film. And we rewatched this. Yeah. Um, I hadn't seen this for a long time. I hadn't seen this probably since I was a teenager. Yeah. And I did still think it was pretty fun. Yeah, it was cool. Like, the stuff that he, like, the stunts that he does, I want to know how many... He does a lot of them himself. Yeah. I know that. He was, like, tied underneath a bus yeah. at some point. It's crazy. Um, when yeah, when he goes on like the little trolley. Oh, I've like, got it here. He did ninety percent of his own stunts, God. including being tethered 
to the underneath of the bus. Yeah, he does that in quite a lot of films, though, doesn't he? Yeah. He does a lot of his own stunts. Yeah, which is mental. Um, it does. It has a real breakneck pace, though. This film. Yeah, like it doesn't stop, just like the bus, <laughs> just like the bus itself. <laughs> it has a certain speed to it. This film. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I feel like he sh- kind of shook like the stoner slacker kind of. Um, well. Th- like vibe for this so he was kind of famous for having his like long hair yeah and for this film he cut the hair yeah he cut his long it's like locks a crew off because it's not it? even like point break where he's going undercover mm. this he has to appear like a good cop yep um, they're like bomb disposal experts yeah and um, so he gets his hair his hair's all short in this mm-hmm. and when he did that the studio uh, Fox they were mortified when they saw him right and they actually threatened to postpone the whole film because they were like, no, this isn't Keanu. This isn't the Keanu that people want. This isn't right, what they, who they want to okay. see in their films. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But they were, he was just like, no, I want to appear like a proper cop. I'm like a serious cop in this yeah, film. Yeah. I'm competent. Right. Um, so they went ahead with it. But yeah, they were really worried about how people would perceive him in this image. I think it's like he's like reinvented. Yeah, he like really shakes mean? off that previous image. Yeah. And he's like a genuine like action star in this film. Yeah. But this was him, also uh, him and Dennis Hopper together. They yep. were in his first sort of breakthrough role, which we'll talk about in a bit, River's Edge. They were in that together. Yeah. So this is them together again. Mm-hmm. And yet he initially was a little bit concerned about signing onto this film. Right. Because of the popularity of Die Hard. Okay. This came out after Die Hard. Yeah. And he thought the script was a little too similar to Die Hard. Right. But it's not really, is it? I think it? it feels different. Yeah. Like I mean, they're both like classic action films of the era. Yeah. I think Die Hard's pretty hard top to top as like the action film yeah. of the 90s. But. I don't know. It's like different. I can see why he's like, oh, I thought it was similar. But in, in retrospect, I think they stand apart. They stand yeah. alone. This is, but it's a great film. It's really fun. Like I said, it doesn't stop. Um, to the point where like when it does stop, it feels like it should end and then there's like another half hour. There's an extra bit, yeah. yeah. There's like an epilogue almost. It just keeps going. I always think, I've seen this film maybe, not, maybe three times in my life, but I always think it's the end. Yeah. And they get off the bus. And then you've got this whole other yeah. section afterwards. Pop quiz, asshole. You have a hair trigger aimed at your head. What do you do? What do you do? Yeah. Uh, so that's a good one. But yeah, Speed, good film. Um, we'll see if it ends up in our known falls for Keanu, but I can understand why that's in there. Mm. As I can for the following film, The Matrix. Yeah. Oh my um, God. I guess we'll this just, was amazing. We'll just camp out on the whole Matrix saga yeah. for a bit. Like we did with uh, Terminator. Even though we've already talked about The Matrix with Florence Fishburne. Right, briefly. Briefly, we didn't... Really for this, get our teeth we into it. it. Yeah. So I think we've got a little bit more to say. And also, Keanu's the main character in this mm. film. In these films. So, like you said, we rewatched it. How did you find rewatching this whole series? We did it over the course of four nights. We did all three films and The Animatrix. Yeah, I'm glad we rewatched it because I think that um, I could do it with like a refresh for it. Mm-hmm. So the Matrix, like the first one, it really like amps up like every single one because the first one feels really like low, kind of stakes almost. It's mm. just like, oh my god, we've got to like kill like one agent. We said that when we watched it for like 
a film that is about like the whole world is a, a, a simulation and the robots have taken over and there's whole, the, the biggest concept you can imagine. Yeah. The actual stakes of the first one in comparison to what comes after. Yeah. Are so, they feel so small in It's hindsight. like Matrix 1, you've got to kill one agent. Matrix 3, you have to save the entire world. Yeah. Yeah, and the ramp up from Matrix to Matrix Reloaded is like he kills one agent and it's like no one's ever done that before. And the second one he fights... And this is the number 80 <laughs> Smiths in that fight. Oh, my God. In the Burley Brawl, as yeah. it's known. So, but I love the first one because he feels it's so, like, fresh and, like, new and exploratory and, like, mind-bending and, like, everything clicks into place for him. And I love that, like, wonderment slash, like, inquisitiveness Inquisitiveness, that's the key word here. I've yeah. got a little fact here. So he has very actual minimal dialogue in these right. films. Yeah. His presence is huge, but he has very minimal dialogue. And that first film, hmm. very minimal dialogue, and half of his lines are questions. Really? Of his whole lines, half of them are questions. Wow. I didn't know that. he's thrown into this world. Yeah. And he's constantly going, what's going on? Who is that? What's this? What's that? How yeah, does yeah. this work? Am I dead? Sir. Rest, Neil. The answers are coming. Morpheus, what's happened to me? What is this place? When? We're inside a computer program? This isn't real. I can't go back, can I? This isn't the Matrix. What are they? What are you trying to tell me? That I can dodge bullets? Yeah, half of his entire lines are questions. Amazing. Which is really interesting. But Rewatching this was a little bit like rewatching Inception for me when we, for the last one. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, I really hope I still like this. Mm-hmm. And do you remember how surprised I was that I still liked Inception as much as I did? Mm. Um, I I genuinely think this film's a masterpiece. The first yeah. one, taken on on its own, I still enjoy to an extent the stuff that comes after. Mm-hmm. But taken on its own, that first Matrix film is an absolute masterpiece. Yeah, and. I don't know where it'd be on my rankings. I I find it hard to say what my favourite films, but it's easily like top twenty films. So mm. Easily in my top twenty. Like I've watched it so many times, but it's been so long since I saw it last. And this time I was just like by the end of it, that film is mwah, mm. magnifique. Like it is perfect. It just makes you like open your mind like mm. so much because you're kind of in it with him. You're like going through it and like discovering stuff and like you only know as much as Neo yes so it's really cool like the the discovery it reminds me of Inception well we said Inception reminds us of it so much Mm. as well but in the way that it's such a high concept yeah but for me it's incredibly easy to follow Mm. because he's such a fish out of water that he's constantly asking you're like yeah you're understanding it with him I understand who would get lost in the sequels because some of it does really to get into you know, philo- existential philosophy mm. with like the architect and blah 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 and this mm. that and the other. But the first one I think is actually really straightforward to follow, mm-hmm. and it's because he's understanding the world for the mm-hmm. first time. Yeah, I love it. So good, and like the yeah, just all the concepts of it, and like the fight scenes and everything, and him yeah. like meditating and pushing his mind, and it is like between your like perception of what's going on and everything yeah. and actually actual reality and stuff it yeah, was incredibly so influential like mm. it was parodied endlessly like yeah. i feel like everything that came after this 
parodied it. Every, how many things have you seen like a bullet time spoof in? Mm. Like fucking Shrek has bullet time in it and stuff like that. Mm. But it's all a reference to this. Mm. And all that parody feels very dated now. Mm. But this doesn't. But also it was like... 1999 like yeah. coming up to like the new millennium and there was all like riding off the back of that and everything like new technology happening and and the technology that they did have access to I think dated really really well mm. like all of the action scenes and all of like the CG was mm. really really good it still looks great it still looks great it was stylized just enough to keep it believable but also because you're in the matrix it kind of is forgiven for like the it, it's a little bit dated but I think it's done really well so obviously you have to learn martial arts for this film right he spent uh, four months beforehand learning kung fu yeah As was this the first time he sort of like got, got into it yeah, yeah yeah big time so he spent the four months beforehand learning kung fu as they started filming he actually really injured his neck right um, and they had to delay all the action scenes. Oh my God. So all his action scenes were done at the end of filming. Right. Um, because Intense. of his neck injury. And then at the very end, they did the stuff where he first enters the real world. So right. he's... Because you, you said, is he wearing a bald cap or whatever? Mm. And no, he shaved his entire body for that scene. Oh my Lord. Amazing. And so he shaved his whole body. He lost 15 pounds. Wow. For those, and that were the last scenes he shot when he first enters the real world, when he's all like malnourished and hairless. <laughs> wow, he shaved his entire body. But so oh many God. people, this was such a big project. So many people were approached for this role, or considered for this role, or were being for this role. Mm-hmm. Um, the main one who everyone who they thought was going to take this role was mm-hmm. Will Smith. Wow. Mm. Oh my God. It was originally off to him. He turned it down. Right. Um, he turned it down for Wild Wild West. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> Good. Um, but in hindsight, Will Smith actually said about it that he wasn't mature enough as an actor. Yeah, I don't think he would have been right for the role. Well, that was his words. He said, at the time, I wasn't mature enough as an actor and I would have messed it up. I thought Keanu was brilliant for I the think, role. I um, think like with this, it was just like the perfect storm. Like Everything came together. At the right time, with the right people. The three main characters are so good. Yeah. And we said when we were watching it, can you imagine anyone else playing these characters? No. Like they're so good, so well cast, so iconic. Like this is Keanu's ultimate role. Mm. Like he's so good as Well, Neo. you said um, Julie Anderson was um, up for playing Trinity as well. He but wants, I wants, think yeah. I think it's just perfect as it is. And David Duchovny was up for Neo. Yeah, that's really would have been like X-Files, X-Files. Yeah. Matrix. Yeah. Um, actually, the first choice wasn't Keanu. Like, the first choice was Johnny Depp. Mm. That's who the studio... Um, sorry, that was the director's first choice. The studio really wanted either Brad Pitt or Val Kilmer. I can see Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Of those three, more Val Kilmer. Yeah. 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 Uh, but they huh. both said no. Uh, so then it came down to Depp versus Keanu. Right. Uh, but Keanu was really into the idea, into the concepts I was going to say... And he looked into it and he was very knowledgeable about the ideas of, you know, AI and yeah. existence and things like that. He had, like, researched it and was really into the concept. This is another thing, actually, we should have mentioned it before, like, his recurring themes. And I think he just likes doing, like, weird films that kind of push the boundaries of reality and or faith. Yeah, he is in a lot of things that reference faith and mm. spirituality. He feels, yeah. like, quite... He's drawn to like spiritual concepts because the yeah. whole trilogy is like 
he's Jesus, basically. Yeah. He's Neo. He is, is like the, the one. He is yeah. the one. Uh, he's Jesus. And, mm. you know, uh, Morpheus is the god of dreams and Trinity is the, the collection of the three. And it's all these references. The Nebuchadnezzar, that's a reference. That's their ship. It's so never reference to the Bible. Mm. Everything's a biblical reference. Yeah. And I feel Philly's like those like drawn to it. are really, they recur in a lot of his films, not yeah. just The Matrix. But yeah, there was, I got a list of some of the other people that were considered here. Um, so Ewan McGregor also turned it down. Oh my God. Because he was doing Star Wars Episode One. He's amazing in that, so I'm glad he did. David Duchovny, who I mentioned, Leonardo DiCaprio. Wow. Who turned it down because he was concerned at the amount of visual effects needed for it. Right, okay. Which is interesting because he went and did Inception years later. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mark Wahlberg was considered. Wow. No, I can't no see that. he's not right for that. And Sorry, this is Mark. the one that oh, uh, John Cusack really wanted the part. Right. He was like, "Give me the part!" Like trying so hard to get the part. Yeah. Uh, Nick Cage was considered. <laughs> no way. And the one that I found the most surprising, um, a real front runner. Right. David Schwimmer. Really. As in <laughs> Ross from Friends. They've kind of got the same look, though. They do. I know. I don't think David Schumann has the gravitas. No way. I can see what they or were going for. Like the stoicism or like no. and like the delivery. Yeah, exactly. I can see what they were going for with his look. Keanu's the obvious choice. Yeah. But I've got hindsight as a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. We talked about when we watched this how incredibly fit yeah. Keanu looks in oh this film. Oh my god, yeah. Like when he's in the when they get to the train, the underground scene where yeah. he fights Smith in the underground. And the, he's in his like tight top. Yeah. He just looks so. He looks like Bruce Lee. Yeah. Keanu, if you're listening, you're welcome. Like, you look like Bruce Lee. Yeah. Like, he <laughs> I looks, bet you like, love that ref. He looks ridiculously. <laughs> he looks like a perfect human specimen of fitness when yeah. he's in that tight top in the underground scene. Like, so like lean. Yeah. Toned. Yeah. Lean and wiry and just, yeah, fit. He must have done so, so much training, though, for it. But they both should have really, him and. Uh, and Trinity, what's her name? And well, all of them, um, even think of all the fight scenes that um, Lawrence Fishburne has in it as well. Mm. We said as well, when they, when they fight, when he's training Keanu mm. or Neo, when them two are fighting, they both look like at the peak of yeah, fitness. as they've ever been mm. in that scene. Um, but yeah, everyone had to really prepare for this film big time that everyone was made to read before they could read the script, before preparing. Um, the directors gave them the book Simulation and Simulacra to read, mm-hmm. which introduced them to the ideas and the concepts. Right. They really went deep on this. Cool. Um, that book is also the one that's hollowed out at the beginning where he keeps all his files, oh, his data cool. in that simu- simulation and simulacra. And uh, Keanu Reeves also himself was um, tasked to read the books Out of Control and Evolution Psychology by the Wachowskis as well. So they really mm. wanted him to be knowledgeable and the whole cast to be really knowledgeable about, about the, the concepts. concepts. Mm. Yeah. I think it shows as well because they're so like concrete in their knowledge of it, especially um, Fishburne who plays like Morpheus because he, like, in, especially in the first Matrix, Keanu's character's just like discovering it with the audience, but Fishburne is like definitely the most like knowledgeable. He's like yeah. the go-to, like he's kind of got tabs on everything that and like the oracle i guess mm. so yeah the first matrix film like we said absolute masterpiece mm-hmm. it still holds up right like this is a stone cold classic 
So we're going to move on to Reloaded. Yeah, what do you think of the sequels in general as a whole? Because you kind of... I've never... I've watched The Matrix on its own. Right. I've never watched Reloaded or Revolutions on their own. No. I like Reloaded. I like them as a whole because I I kind of just take them as a whole, to be Mm. honest. Like, I don't think you could split them up. I Mm. think it's unfair to kind of... They are a trilogy. And it's the same as um, Lord of the Rings, really. You can't have one without the other. No, you're not just going to sit and watch Return of the King. Even though I do watch The Two Towers on my own a lot. Um, I love the action scenes in this. Yeah. I think it's the strongest for like action scenes. What, like, Reloaded? Definitely. Yeah. The action scenes are... It's, the, the, these sequels are so tiring. Mm. I, go, I went through the same experience this time as I do every time. I rewatch the first one and go, oh my God, this is one of my favourite films ever. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Right. And then by the time the last film finishes, I'm just exhausted. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, right. Even though I don't dislike them, yeah. it's such a weird experience I go through. And Reloaded is actually my least favourite. Is this the one with... Yeah, This the second one is the one with the... It's the one with the uh, French guy. The Merovingian. Yeah. He's Mer- in both. Oh, is he? Mm. When do they go back to him in like the same film? They meet him in this one. Right, and then they have to go back to him in the third one. And they one. go back to him in the third one. Right, okay. One. That plot point's really annoying. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake, why are you going back to the same guy? <laughs> He's in the new one they're making. <laughs> oh, it keeps going back to him. I love the bike chase, though. And the, I think Keanu must have found that really fun. Yeah. Is unreal. Yeah. Like, as an action scene, it's, it's almost, it's so tiring because the action scenes go on and on and on. It's like they're just pushing the boundaries of how yeah. much they can do. Like I said, he fights 80 Agent Smiths in that brawling scene. Yeah. And it's almost like you're laughing. You're like, come on. Like, it goes on and on. But I think at the time, like, it came out in 2003. Yeah. So there was four years after the first one. They really had to blow people's They've minds. They've got to, like, ramp it up, yeah. That um, So that one fight scene mm. between Neo and all the Agent Smiths. Yeah. How many days did they take to film that? Do I don't know because... I don't know because Hugo Weaving must have had to do... Like, Keanu's scenes must have taken, like, a couple of days, but Hugo's scenes must have taken, like, whoa, 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 weeks A couple of weeks. days, a couple of days. 27 days to Shit. do that scene. And actually, the Hugo Weaving stuff, he only did, like, five takes of different things. Oh, really? Most of it was they got people with his same body type. Right. And they superimposed his face over it. Oh my god, cool. That's the technology they used to do that. Because I just thought he had to like walk, do this, go walk yeah, there, we walk said there, that. walk there. Like, did like... he have to do the same scene like a million yeah. times and put him over, but yeah. Okay. So that took 27 days. Oh my god. And that's impressive. Now, like we said, the highway scene yeah. is even more ridiculous. Yeah. That scene is it's still amazing. I mean, it is amazing. Yeah. That took three months <laughs> to oh, film that scene. Jesus. To film that section, sorry, of the film, the highway chase scene. It is long, but it's not that long. Like, it must have been such like an uh, absolute mission to film it. Mm. And so, um, like, dedicated. But Keon, the jump for Neo's character from the first to the second, I know in universe it's supposed to have been like six months. Mm. He goes very quickly from being very clueless to like cool as a cucumber by the second. Yeah. And then that's his like persona for the rest of like the two films. What choice? It doesn't matter. It's my choice. I have mine to make, same as you have yours. Does that include what things to tell me and what not to tell me? Of course not. 
Then why didn't you tell me about the architect? Why didn't you tell me about Zion and the ones before me? Why didn't you tell me the truth? Because it wasn't time for you to know. Who decided it wasn't time? You know who. I did. Then I think it's time for me to know a few more things. So do I. What I said to you when we watched it, and it's like what I wish now, is I wish The Matrix had more films in the mm. franchise. I'm, so you got a slag, more of a slow burn. Yeah, I wouldn't replace Reloaded and Revolutions. You just add another film in between. I would between. just put films between them. Mm. I don't mind them as an ending. It's just I want more of the world yeah. before we have the big cataclysm. And more of like the discovery, because yeah. I think that's like the magic. I like when you're missions. All the missions from the first one, I want more of that yeah. before we get the cataclysm. When you're in, yeah, exactly. Like, I think a slower burn to build up of the end of the world because mm. I just love being in that environment and that I want more little stories in that environment and like the wonderment and like the psychology of it and like how and like when they're explaining like how like the story of like how the machines like took mm. over and stuff they're kind of just it's like a five minute thing like not even that it's like a couple of minute little story but like actually Instead of having it as a story, like have Neo like discovering it and stuff would be really cool. It's actually why I liked watching the Animatrix between because mm. that is really the only place you get the proper in- like explanation for what happened. Yeah, and it's actually in some ways I prefer the Animatrix to the sequels mm. because it is just little stories within the confines of the Matrix yeah. as a as a thing. Um, if you haven't seen the Animatrix, it's a collection of. I don't know what, like 10, 11 short films? Yeah, they're like Maybe, anime. Or nine, I kind think. Kind of animated. Nine, they get different, they got nine different anime studios, mm-hmm. Japanese animation studios. Just to within this world. Tell oh. stories within the Matrix universe, mm-hmm. all different art styles. Yeah, they're really good. And some of them are in can, well, some of them take place between the films, mm-hmm. and some of them are just their own thing. And they're really varied. It's a really interesting experiment. Mm. Um, Keanu does a voice in one of them for mm-hmm. like one line, um, yeah. the one called Kid Story. Mm-hmm. which just sets up one of the side characters from the sequels. Um, mm-hmm. It's about how this kid gets into the Matrix. Um, but you've also got like Jada Pinkett Smith's character in them, I think. She's in one of them. I forget. But um, So that gives you like... The Animatrix gives you more insight into the world, and I kind of wish there was more of that stuff in the films. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Revolutions, we're, we're talking about the last film. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the one that a lot of people don't like. Oh, really? And a lot of this takes it's place not in, in the real world. It's not in his uh, top, top no. three, but... It's amazing how he's not actually in this one that much. Yeah. I said to you, I almost wish this was two films. Because all the time we are... I don't dislike the stuff that's going on in Zion. Yeah. But all the time it's happening, and it goes on for so long, I'm like, but what's happening with Neo? Yeah. And I want, I'm so engrossed in his story that I want to see what's happened. Mm. I almost wish they did the Neo and Trinity thing, and then another film which is like, this is what was happening in Zion, like the war for Zion as but a they, film. But they filmed this off the back, didn't they? They filmed so they did like, back to back. Yeah. The, whole, the whole second or third film were filmed together. Yeah. They came out in this... They were originally, the directors wanted them to come out a couple of weeks apart. Wow. But it ended up being a few months apart. God, considering like the gap between the first one and then like the last two... Mm. But it's like um, Kill Bill, that came out in the same year, I think. But he's so, like, stoic and, like, kind of silent in this one because he just kind of knows what's going down. Mm. He's I just like, like, trust me. 
Yeah, I feel like you don't, like you said, you don't really get a lot of Keanu's character, like Neo, at all in this one. Well, he was played 15 million for Revolutions. Mm. Um, and he's not in it all that much. Yeah. So that relates to um, $400,000 per minute of screen time of, <laughs> of Keanu Reeves for that film. Man. Um, and I really actually like Neo's story. Yeah. How it ends. I just, it's, it's the, for the third film is so frustrating for me. Like I feel like my frustration is coming through mm. in me trying to explain it because... I like Neo's arc. I like how it ends. Yeah. And I like the War for Zion stuff. Yeah. I just don't... They just get in the way of each other. In, yeah, it's kind of like feel squished. Yeah. And they just... They just get in the way of each other and it frustrates mm. me so much. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I feel like my, me talking about the Matrix films has me been like, again, it's my actual feelings when I watch them. I'm so excited about the first one. Mm. And then by the last one, I'm like frustrated. Mm. But I like them all. Yeah, but it's weird, isn't it? Because you kind of like grow with Neo and you kind of understand why he's a. You kind of understand his like internal like struggles, just like mm. I've got to do this and it's gonna kind of like end. Yeah, and I love Neo's character in it and I love all the characters, but um, I just love that first film so much more than the rest. And I'll be very interested to see what they do with the fourth film that is currently being made. Yeah, I'm not sure where they're going to go with it. No. And only one of the directors is returning for it. Oh, Although really? she did say it was uh, based on stuff that they talked about together 20 years ago. Right, okay. So the concepts of both of them, but only one's kind the of actually back to do the directing. execution's only one. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Whew, I feel like I'm, I'm exhausted just talking about The Matrix. I feel like we've covered a lot of stuff. So we'll have a little break um, and then we'll go right back to the beginning of his filmography. Yeah. Um, as we always do. Mm-hmm. Cool. So let's go back. What's the first one we watched? River's Edge. That's the the earliest one we watched was River's, River's Edge, yeah. Mm. Which was... 1986. Yeah, this was one of his first major roles. Yeah. Can I make a prediction here? Right. You didn't like this film. I didn't like this film, um, not because of Keanu's performance. It was an ensemble piece, like definitely. Yeah, he was a supporting role in this film. Um, it more annoyed me because, um, like, as a group of teenagers, mm. um, and they're all kind of like friends, and one of them murders one of the other ones. Yeah. So, like, this guy murders this girl. And then the guy, like the murderer guy, basically shows them like, oh, look, I murdered this girl. And none of them do anything about it. I think it's a comment on the disaffected youth. Because the teacher character is like, what's wrong with you all? Like, why are you not reacting to this? Yeah. It's that comment on of the era youth having like, it's it's lame to show any emotion. Like none of them care. It seems that this girl's been murdered. They're just like, oh, he did it. And even like, so Keanu's character, basically, he's one of the only ones who has like an issue with it. He's the one who isn't cool with it. Yeah. Yeah, And he ends up like reporting it, but um, he's got a younger brother who, like they're all pretty kind of wild and they like flaunt the law and things like that. Um, they're all pretty like rebellious. But his younger brother, who's like really young, he's like eight or I something. Don't know. He's like 
maybe about eight or ten. Or ten, yeah. He's like Bart Simpson. <laughs> like, he's even more rebellious than he is, and like shockingly, and yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. I mean, I didn't. I feel like I like this film more than you. Right. Um, I didn't like the film that much though. Yeah. I was kind of disappointed because I thought this film like this has quite respectable reviews. I mean, the the portrayal of the guy who was the murderer, mm-hmm. who was portrayed like he's really got like a screw loose. Yeah. He reminds me of weird people I've met. Like, it's a really good portrayal of someone who has just got something like wrong disaffected, with them. like kind of yeah. like so numb to everything that's happening around them, and they're just like, yeah, I yeah, killed, really, I killed her. Really scary. Yeah. And I thought that portrayal was good and interesting, yeah. but the film I didn't love. Um, and like we said, it had it was uh, Dennis Hopper was in this. Um, he was kind of the biggest name of. Well, he is the biggest name in this. Mm. Um, but then they would reunite in Speed. But I don't really have a lot to say about it. I was disappointed by it. Yeah. Or maybe somebody pushed it. Maybe. Maybe you pushed it. I didn't push it. You're the only one we're sure was there. I told you about John. John? Samson. We call him John because of his last name, Talit. And you know, Talit, Toilet, John. That's very clever. So you, you helped Samson, John, push the body off. Right. After I helped him kill her. Yeah? Yeah, fuck you two! I reported the thing, man. You act like I'm guilty of some crime. What, do you think you're going somewhere? I've got my rights. You can't keep me here forever. I didn't do anything. That was exactly your mistake, buddy. You saw this body and you didn't act immediately. That makes you an accessory after the fact. I could arrest you right now if I wanted to, so why don't you sit down? Um, The next film he did that we watched was Permanent Record. Yeah. Which we just watched tonight. Yep. Um, and I just sort of chucked this onto our watch list as a whim. I didn't think we'd get around to all his films. This is mm-hmm. one of the ones I wasn't sure if we'd get around to, but I wanted to watch a few more of his younger roles. Mm-hmm. I definitely preferred this to River's Edge. Yeah. Like, so much more poignant and, I'm, like, heartfelt. I'm really glad I watched this. Yeah. I really like this film. Mm. I really liked it a yeah. lot. Yeah, it was really moving. And gives Keanu a lead role, but as this stoner archetype, this, like, yeah. slacker archetype, but... He's not one-dimensional. No, because he's so talented in this. Like, he can play guitar. He's, like, really proficient at, like, piano. He's, like, a really good musician. But he, his peer who... He um, needs motivation. Yeah. He needs direction. Which was coming from his one of his best friends, who was, like, a fantastic musician, who commits suicide. And it's all about him kind of, like, dealing with and, like, coming to terms with the loss. Yeah. Without, a- annoyingly, like watching it from the outside without really much support no. from any of the systems it's like, really heartwarming him. to see someone pull through a tragedy and make something yeah in the void of a loss it's it's basically about a, a teen you know you have the guys at school who are like really popular and you know really talented but the pressure builds up and this guy commits suicide fairly early on the film mm. and Keanu Reeves plays his best friend um, he's like coming to terms with it but who has to sort of fill that void he has to take over the responsibilities yeah of this guy who was his best friend and he witnesses it as well and he is the only one that knows it was a suicide rather not an accident and so. feels responsible for not doing anything and yeah it's really um interesting and i think he those are really, really difficult emotions to I portray, think, and I think he did a really, really, really good job of it. I think he put in a really good performance in yeah. this film. 
Yeah. Because he's not... When you first see him, you think, oh, he's playing the funny slacker type. Yeah. He's being typecast as, but he's he has to really run the gamut of emotions in this film. Yeah. He's like anger in some scenes and he's really emotional in other scenes. Sa- and he's, like sadness, like in- introversion, like, yeah. Yeah, he's, I thought he was really good in this. Mm. This was the, the film from his early years where I could see, oh... People could see his talent, mm. and that's they could see his yeah his potential in this. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. This was filmed in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, um, we visited Portland, Oregon last year, so we, it was cool like, to recognize some of the sites. I didn't realize that until we're halfway through, and I was like, "Oh my god, we've been there!" Yeah, which was cool. Um, and he's actually done a number of films, set and filmed in Portland, Oregon, because um, we'll come to some of them later. But my own private Idaho mm. is famously set in Portland. Um, uh, Point Break. Actually, that was filmed in, in Portland. Really? Yeah, the last oh sort of section of that film is set in Portland. Oh my God, um, cool. And Thumbsucker, which we haven't watched, but that that's also filmed in, say, in Portland. So yeah, it's a city he's gone back to numerous times. Portland's so cool, though. Yeah, we, we really enjoyed our visit to Portland. So let's talk about the next one we watched, um, which was Dangerous Liaisons. We watched this last night. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, like he has a a really small role. Yeah, he does have a really tiny part. Um, It's definitely like a massive ensemble piece. Um, And it's like a period piece where, like, this. This is a widow. I didn't think she was a widow. Well, who's her husband? Okay, 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 okay. I'll cut all that. But but the. (laughs) She's not a widow. We. Um, these period films, I always get so lost in who's who and what the ramifications oh, are, yeah. the machinations. They're, they're not my jam. Right. And they're always so convoluted and like familial relations. Yeah. So I just get lost in who's related to who and what's actually going on. I loved Glenn Close and John Malkovich in this one, though. Like their relationship with each other. They're just like, a together. couple of despicable schemers. Yeah, but they like egg each other on and it's like horrific and it all ends in tears. It's but like sex. watching it like culminate is like fantastical and it's a French period drama, sexy familiar relations, um <laughs> conniving, one of them sort of films, yeah. you know. But it was um when was it written? Like night seventeen hundred and something. Seventeen eighty two, the French novel. Yeah, uh, dangerous liaison. Very or, risque. You know, la, you know, liaison dangerous, uh, whatever it is. Yeah, was filmed. It was uh, written in 1782. It was really shocking. Yeah, it's been adapted loads of times. This is the most well-regarded adaptation yeah. of it, and I didn't dislike it. Mm-hmm. But this isn't my type of film. Yeah, um, I thought it was pretty good for a period piece. Um, Sometimes they can get a bit like convoluted, but I, I still find it convoluted. I always just I never can follow who's <laughs> who's who in these films. I thought it was good, but Keanu's role in this is super tiny. But it's funny. <laughs> he plays like a little dopey, like Fay. Yeah, well-to-do musician. Yeah, basically. I'm poor, but I love her. Yes. Oh, thank um, you very much. He's a he's like a little lap dog. Yeah, he's pathetic. Yeah. Um. Even then, they sort of joke about it, like, oh, he's harmless sort of thing. Like, he's a little harmless yeah. fop. <laughs> I did really find his accent, like... Not that they really have accents in this, but, like, his kind of, like... Yeah. <laughs> accent, like... <laughs> it was a little bit... Really, like, sneaking still. through. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beavis and Butthead creeping into it, yeah. Yeah, like a little bit. Um, but I think he did fine. Excuse me, my lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what did she say? <laughs> so, uh, not my favourite film, but, you know. <laughs> next. Yeah. Well, the next one he did was a very big role for him. Oh, yeah. It's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I'm Bill S. Preston, Esquire. And I'm Ted... Y- Oh, Bill, here, let me take it. Okay. And I'm Ted Theodore Logan. Yeah! Wild Stallion! I really need to rewatch this. So I think because we normally record these in two halves, which we're going to do tonight, we record the first half after a bottle of wine, which we are doing. When did he film this? Because he's still got like the big head of hair, whereas in Dangerous Liaisons, I don't. He well, had like short been, hair. Tied up, oh, he's tied out. Yeah, okay. everyone had hair is tied up in bows and stuff in that film. Yeah. So I'm guessing that by the time we record the second half of this, right, you may have rewatched Excellent Adventure. Yeah. So for now. We'll just talk briefly about it okay. as a concept, right? Because you've you, you've seen it or you're familiar with. Yeah, I saw it a long time ago, uh, and this was really 1989. Like, he, this is the ba- massive film. This is mm. what a lot of people still consider him as to be known for. Yeah, to the point where he was worried for so long that this was like the one thing he was so well known for. He's going to get typecast. Well, he lamented for years. Right. There's epitaph on his grave, <laughs> would just say, "Here lies Keanu Reeves." He played Ted because mm-hmm. <laughs> he felt like this is the character he couldn't shake the role that was just wasn't there some lingered on him. Wasn't there some interview he did and uh, the interviewee was like, "So how was it like playing Bill?" And he yeah, was just like, well, Are you they're, fucking they're idiot? filming Bill and Ted three right now. Um, so that was a very recent video. Yeah, that's all made its way around the internet. That's funny. And the you had one job. Yeah, the interviewer <laughs> in absolute shame walked off. They removed himself. He didn't know research into yeah. this. Yeah, like Keanu just lambasted him. Basically, it's just like you've really <laughs> let yourself down. I've not seen it for a long time, and I definitely looked that up before I had to like talk. If I was ever going to talk to Keanu, <laughs> so the idea of Bill and Ted—they're these two teenage idiots. Uh, they're in a band called Wild Stallions. Obviously. And uh, I love that Keanu, like in a couple of his older roles, like this this and um, Permanent Record, he actually like plays guitar, doesn't mm-hmm. he? So like he is like quite a competent musician. So yeah, there's a couple of idiots and they, it's a time travel story. So it's kind mm-hmm. of fun. I rewatched this last year and I, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I was actually quite disappointed at how much it didn't hold up for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a classic sort You're of teen comedy You're just not enamored. Era. With, like, the magic. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I, I love... I actually enjoy the last act the most when all right. the time travel stuff's really going on. But um, it was originally Bill and Ted were a stand-up act mm-hmm. that him and Alex Winter did. Cool. That's um, weird. there was originally a third guy as well called mm-hmm. Bob, but that guy kind of lost interest pretty quickly. And it was just those two. But the screenwriters um, discovered them mm-hmm. when... Uh, they were messing around in front of them in a queue for something. That's really weird. And they were, they just discovered them through doing through that. Oh my basically. god! These two idiot, these two teenage idiots what are they messing like? around in front of them. What are they queuing for? <laughs> and originally, when the film was being made, they auditioned 
for each other. Oh, roles. right. Yeah, yeah. Like they wanted each other's roles, but then they got cast as the other way around. That's cool. And actually, so Keanu Reeves plays Ted, mm-hmm. Theodore Logan, um, and Alex Winter plays Bill, but River Phoenix auditioned for Bill as well. Oh my God. Yeah. They've like cropped up in a few films well, together. They were very close friends. Mm. Um, they met while Keanu was doing Parenthood. Yeah. Um, because River Phoenix isn't in that film, but he was dating one of the uh, girls who was in that film. Right. So he was around and like on set and him yeah. and Keanu hung out and they become really good friends. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know, before River Phoenix passed away, they were really, really close friends and, and did a few films together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, River Phoenix auditioned for Bill. And um, I'll be interested to see what you think of it revisiting Rewatching, yeah. yeah and i guess we'll, i guess when we record the second half of this we'll sort of come back and, and talk a little bit mm. about it a little bit more but um i rewatched this and bogus journey the sequel last, right last year and this i was disappointed didn't hold up bogus journey i never had that fond memories of and i just found it kind of boring mm. to watch again it really didn't hold up Damn. for me this has got like quite a like it's quite beloved. Um, the first one is, I don't think yeah. Bogus Journey is that beloved. Mm. This the Bogus Journey was actually originally called Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Oh, really? But it was uh, the type of offensive for yeah. US audiences, which I, I still Obviously. find crazy that hell is considered a swear word in America. But, yeah, wow. Um, and like you said, they're currently working on a third film, uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. So God knows what that's going to be like. I can't even imagine. Amazing. I'm so excited for that. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dude! Um, yeah, and then, so after Bill and Ted, what did they do? Well, you mentioned, I think you saw one on your own, didn't you? Oh. Parenthood. Parenthood? Yeah. I didn't see this. Yeah, um, I'd never seen this. Mm-hmm. I watched this, um... Sometimes I say I watch this while I was painting. Sometimes when I watch it for my own for these podcasts and it's one I just, I'm not sure if it's going to be any good or whatever or very engaging. I put it on the background when I'm painting and if I get engrossed in it, I do. And if I don't, I can carry on painting. But I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this. Yeah. Again, he plays the stoner character and I thought this was going to be a lot wackier. It's a Steve Martin comedy from that era. But it's really a big ensemble piece about, you know, different family members, different friends dealing mm-hmm. with becoming parents and right. raising kids and family relations. And I actually found it really nice, heartwarming. Wholesome. Surprisingly wholesome and enjoyable film, yeah. And his character, Keanu Reeves, is the stoner boyfriend of one of the main character's daughters and he ends up moving in with her and, mm. you know, getting her pregnant and all this stupid stuff. But right. And she knows he's an idiot, but she also knows her daughter loves him and, mm. Mm-hmm. okay i should stand by this guy you know they're probably not even going to end up together but yeah. for now this is what's making her happy mm. and he is sort of like the stoner with the heart of gold character yeah and uh yeah i i really like his character in it he's, mm. he's in a big ensemble piece so it's not he's not the main character yeah he's a he's a good character and this film was surprisingly enjoyable i mm. really liked this film mm. so yeah parenthood underrated film Cool. Well, maybe to me, maybe it's maybe people people know, but for me, this was I didn't know it at all. Yeah. Uh, the next one in his uh, list that we watched was "I Love You to Death." Yeah. Another one he doesn't have a big role in. Yeah. And I wouldn't say I love this film all that much. Yeah. What did you think of this? This is another one he um, 
He was in with River Phoenix. Yeah, River Phoenix has a major role in yeah. this. And he kind of has a very small role. Yeah, it's really tiny. This film is weird. It's based on like a true story, which is mad. If it wasn't based on a true story, I'd say it's way too far-fetched and stupid. Yeah, it's like really wacky. Yeah. Um, but because it is, it just makes it weirder. It's about a woman played by Tracy Ullman who finds out her husband cheats on her and then tries to kill him. Yeah. Basically. And the husband is played by Kevin Klein doing a ridiculous Italian accent. Yeah. All of the Italian characters are not Italian. And no. her mum is played... Was she supposed to be Yugoslavian? Yeah. Tracy Ullman. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it's cool. Keanu Reeves' character, this is worth a watch just to see Keanu's haircut. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like shaved at one side. It's not even like all the way shaved. It's no. just like someone attacked him. It's like there's a him. bit missing from his hair. Someone attacked him with a razor and didn't finish the job. Well, he plays like a drug addict. Drug addict. Yeah. Like a real like washout. Mm. Um, Do drug addicts randomly shave their head in sporadic places? And he's paired with William Hurt. Yeah. In the weirdest combo of like two drug addicts. They're like family though, aren't they? Uh, the cousins. It's so weird. It's a really fucking weird film. And they're tasked with murdering. She uh, can't go through with it, so they pay them to shoot her husband. Yeah. Um, who they've already then... tried to overdose. If we're going to waste the dude, we ought to get paid for it, man. That's the American way, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're not communists here, you know. We're Americans, we've got a right to make a living. $500, that's my final offer. Okay. The best scene in the film is when Keanu gets surprised by a blow-up dinosaur. Yeah, he leaves the scene because <laughs> he can't go through of shooting this guy, sits in the kid's bedroom, and then jumps out of his skin when he sees a giant inflatable dinosaur. That scene genuinely made me laugh. That's amazing. The rest of this film is fun. I I would give it a miss to be honest. I didn't love it. Some people really love this film though. But, but he definitely embodies the stoner. Yeah, archetype. he's a fucking idiot in this film. He's just an idiot. He just walks like flat out into a doorway. I would say just look up a picture of him and William Hurt in this film. Yeah, and that's all you need. Just yeah. like a picture of those two characters. It's really weird. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's fine. Mm. <laughs> Fine's generous. <laughs> so the next one is My Private Idaho. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I can't believe we're going from I Love You to Death to My Own Private Idaho, which is considered an absolute like cinema classic. Yeah. It's and it's amazing. a really important film. It's so good. Um, it was another one that we watched. We had, we watched this before we went to Portland, actually. Because yeah. we, normally when we visit another place, we like to watch a few films that are filmed or set in that place. And this is very famously set and filmed in Portland. Mm. And uh, this was... Like we said, River Phoenix and Connery is really good friends. They were together in I Love You to Death. They were they are the two leads in this. Mm. And I guess this is important because it's a very gay film. It's very gay. Like mm. it's they they are um sort of dropouts who they will turn tricks for money mm. uh, with with other men, but they kind of are in love with each other. Mm. And the very famous scene mm. where River Phoenix declares his love mm. to Keanu Reeves' character around the campfire mm. wasn't in the original script. Oh, wow. That The most famous scene of the film, I would say, and probably the best scene of the film, mm. was actually written by River Phoenix during filming. Wow. And he ran it past Keanu. He said, what do you think? You know, I don't understand if you're not comfortable because it's quite 
erotic mm. or emotional. Yeah. Genuine, like, emotion. Yeah. Uh, between two men. And Keanu was like, this is great. Yeah, let's do this. Mm. This is a great scene. And they showed it to the director. They said, look, we've already gone through this together. We think this is really good. Mm. And the director was like, love it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. What? What do I mean to you? What do you mean to me? Mike, you're my best friend. I know, man. I know I'm, not, I know I'm your friend. We're good friends, and it's good to be, you know, good friends. That's a good thing. So? So I just... That's okay. Be friends. I only have sex with a guy for money. Yeah, I know. And two guys can't love each other. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, for me. I could love someone even if I, you know, wasn't paid for it. I love you and you don't pay me. Mike. I really want to kiss you, man. Uh, really interesting and important film. Yeah. I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, the the gayness of it was really hidden mm. from the US market because they oh, were worried really? about it. Um, to the point when this came out on VHS, the box art had sort of a woman on the arm of each of them. Oh my God. <laughs> Just really? hilarious, yeah. Um, but uh, River Phoenix's agents actually wouldn't even show this to him. Wow. They didn't want him to do this and they wouldn't show him the script. Keanu had read it and was really excited about this film. Oh my god! He was like, "I really Think we want to do, do this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really want to do this part. I yeah. really want River to do the other part." And he was contacting River's agent and saying, "Like, if you pass it on," and they were like, "No, we're not showing it. We don't want to do it." And Keanu ended up getting on his bike <laughs> and driving the script down from Canada, where he lived, Amazing. all the way down to Gainesville, Florida. Fuck. To give the script to uh, River Phoenix in person. Wow. Who then was just like, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah, obviously. Christ. Why wouldn't his agents... Oh, Maybe so they're worried like, about... They wanted him to be like the heartthrob guy. Right. They didn't want him to do a film where he plays a gay person. Yeah. Um, so during filming of this, I love mm. the stories of the filming of this Um so obviously it's set and filmed in Portland. Mm. The director, Gus Van Sant, he's from Portland. He has a house there. Mm-hmm. His old house is in Portland. And to save money, like they all lived in his big old house in Portland together. That's so cool. So it's um, it was during filming River Phoenix, Keanu Reeves, Flea and Michael Parker living <laughs> together in the director's house. I was going to say, like, by the way, Flea makes an <laughs> yeah, appearance. Yeah, Flea's also in this. And Flea loves this. Flea like thinks it's one of the greatest films of all time. He is super proud to be. It in this is film. amazing. Um, anyway, the director 
after having them all in it for a while, ended up moving out himself because right. they were keeping him up because the whole house just turned into like a big Frat. party house. <laughs> yeah, everyone was drinking, staying up, yeah. playing music all the time, partying. Yeah. And he just let them overtake the place and he just left to run somewhere else so we could actually sleep. God, what a time to be alive. Yeah, it sounds crazy, but it made this incredibly unique and important film. Yeah. Which I think definitely showed another side to Keanu as an actor. Yeah. Definitely. I think people already were starting respecting River Phoenix mm. as an actor and he was sort of like the young actor that everyone wanted to be mm. or be like and we said in the Leo episode he always aspired to River Phoenix mm. and he was always compared to like James Dean. Mm. Um but to have this film alongside Keanu Reeves really gave Keanu that respect as well. Mm. And um, yeah, really important film for both of them. Yeah, I loved it. Such a good film. And interestingly, I wouldn't actually say I love it all that much after I've been gushing about it. I really do think it's important and yeah. I do like it, but it, I don't love this film as a film. I would just oh, really? appreciate its importance mm. and has some really good scenes in it. It's like captivating, mm. like the whole film. It's like you can't look oh, the away. The characters are really interesting and they're very like troubled in an interesting way you're like mm. mesmerized by their crazy lifestyles yeah i think this is probably where we'll leave the first half yeah i mean where was the next film he was in so next one is um bram stoker's dracula okay um have you seen bram stoker's dracula i can't remember i think i might have seen bits of it but I've not seen the whole thing, so maybe I should do a What re-watch. we'll do is we'll stop here mm-hmm. in case you decide to watch it. Yeah. If not, I've seen this and I can run us for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, that, that's the cliffhanger we're going to leave this on. Okay. Do is, I... is Becca going to watch Bill and Ted and Bram Stoker's Dracula? <laughs> Two important films for Keanu. I don't actually love either of them, but they are both like renowned roles for him. I'm a big fan, I'm a big fan of Dracula as a story. Right, we'll be back after I may or may not have watched these. And if you haven't, I mean, what's the next one we'll be talking about? Um, Speed. No, Johnny Mnemonic. God knows, much to do about nothing, maybe. I mean, it's all up in the air over which other ones we watch at this point. Watch this space. Yeah, you're going to find out in like 20 seconds. (laughs) But you're going to find out after the ad. But for us, there's going to be like a few weeks between these recordings. Um, So we'll leave it there for our first half. Yay. And I will say this this is looking like I know we every episode we say this is gonna be our longest episode. I feel this may actually be our longest episode because we're only at the point where we take a break. We're at an hour thirteen on our recording. And I would say we have not even we've got more most of his career left. But the Matrix though. <laughs> yeah, but we have already covered the Matrix. So yeah, enjoy this ad and we'll see you in thirty seconds. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, so uh, we're back. We're back. Turns out I did watch Bill and Ted. Excellent! Mm-hmm. Uh, again. What, both? No, just the first one. First one, excellent adventure. Yes. How was it for you? How did it hold up? Um, I think it was better than I thought it was going to be. I don't know why um, I don't really recall that film. Like, it doesn't... I don't know. Maybe you've never seen it. Maybe you just felt like you'd seen it. No, I think I definitely had seen it, but I don't know why I didn't remember it. I think I wrote, like, I kind of, like... I don't know why my mind does this. My mind, like, ropes it in with, like, Wayne's World. Right. I don't know why. Very different. Because it's two guys who are into like rock and roll music. Yeah. Um, But I definitely had seen it. And it was better than I thought because they... um, It's like really silly, obviously. Yes, it's ridiculous. But um, it's actually pretty good in terms of like historical content. Mm. (laughs) And they're because they're doing a new one, aren't they? Yes. Oh, and since we recorded the first half, they actually released the trailer for that. And uh, I don't know what to think. (laughs) I know. It's like a mixed bag. I think it's going to not do well. I think... I don't know how much demand there is for it, but we'll see. I'm kind of excited for it, though. It'll be nice to just watch something a bit lighthearted. Yeah, they don't make silly comedies mm. enough nowadays, but yeah. I'm... And also, I think maybe like seeing Keanu in like a more lighthearted role after all, like later in well, his career. we have seen him in some lighthearted roles from the last couple of years. Okay. By now, because uh, as we're recording this, we've watched all of the ones we're going to watch now. We've hit a point where we've watched yeah. maybe more films than we have for anyone so far. Really? I think so. It didn't feel like it when we were watching them. You're so into it. I love Keanu. <laughs> right. Um, so we were. So you did watch Bill and Ted. You enjoyed rewatching yeah. that. Did you get a chance to watch Dracula? Because that's where we ended. No, I've been so busy um, right. this past couple of weeks. So unfortunately, you're going to have to talk a little bit about that one. Before we do. Um, I can't. I don't know if I've ever seen it. I feel like I might have seen bits of it. It's quite a famous adaptation. Yeah. It's... Um, yeah, it's um, Francis Ford Coppola's mm. version. Yeah. Um, before we talk about Dracula, I do, do just want to say quickly, you said, oh, doesn't he have, like, because we talked about him, Tsukigano, being a big, like, motorcycle fan. Oh, yeah. And you're like, yeah, doesn't he, like, have a sort of a workshop or something? Yeah. I looked into that. Yeah. He founded Arch Motorcycles. Yeah, I knew which, this. Uh, they create high-end custom motorbikes. Yeah, I knew this already. Yeah. So that's I watched, what you were thinking of. Yeah, I watched like a mini doc on it, but I couldn't remember what it was called. Right, okay. Yeah, that's it. It's so, super cool. Dracula, have you, so you're not sure if you've ever seen it before? I think I've, if I have seen it, I can't remember it, but I do have like little snippets of like, kind of, mm-hmm. I do recognise it and I remember him in it. So I've watched like so many adaptations of dracula because um a few years ago i went to transylvania yeah um with my co-hosts beef and tiss from weird tales and the unexplainable my other podcast uh we did an episode about vampires and we flew over to transylvania for it and before we went i did all my research and i read 
multiple adaptations of the mm-hmm. story and I read and I watched like yeah. basically every adaptation. And That's when I went, watched this. Yeah. And then you went Dracula hunting. And then we went Dracula hunting. But um, this is a weird one. He plays Jonathan Harker. Mm. Um, and he's a little bit flat in it, to be honest. It's a weird film. Like I think mm-hmm. everyone's a bit weird in it. Right. It's got an amazing cast. It's him and Winona Ryder's in it again. Mm-hmm. So it's them pairing up again. She's his wife. She's mm-hmm. Mina Murray in it. Or his fiance, sorry. And you've got Gary Oldman as Dracula. And yep. you've got... Um, who's Van Helsing. Anthony Hopkins as Van Helsing. It's an all-star cast. Mm. And Mike Mignola did some of the uh, concept art for this film. Mm. Although his name gets banned. I love Mike Mignola. His name gets bandied around with films all the time just because he has a big fan base for his artwork. And I think mm. it's like, if people hear that, they go, oh, I better check it out. So I don't know how much of his involvement was, but it's it's a weird one. I'm not actually a huge fan of it. I think it's just very odd. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, the interesting thing I think you mentioned this to me mm. that Keanu and Winona Ryder could potentially be married in real life mm. due to this film oh oh yeah yeah this is the film where that happens yeah like there's I don't know who does it where did I read that I don't know there was like a, like the marriage in it like was done by a real person Yes. Um, like a real... What do you call them when they do marriages? A minister. minister, yeah. Yeah, I've got it here. The, um, so the, the scene where they have the wedding ceremony uh, means potentially that Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves are like legally married in some way because <laughs> they reshot it in a proper church to make it more authentic. They weren't happy with how it looked. Right. And when they shot it in the real church, the actual guy they had doing the service was a real... Um, Orthodox minister. Right. So after the they did they did one take of it and afterwards they were just like realise actually that that could be a legally binding marriage. Mm. <laughs> so. But does it because obviously they used the um names of the characters. Yeah. And they're not like so they didn't sign any paperwork, yeah. did they? So I think I don't know how how, how much that would hold up. If but. it's like Joe Bloggs, will you marry like Jane Doe? Well it's um Jonathan Harker and Mina Murray. Well yeah, exactly. But just because you say yes, I don't think so. I think that's a load of cod swallow. So he um, he actually himself wasn't very happy with his performance in this. Right. Um, like I said, it's a little bit flat. I think this is like the main... This is really is... We talked about people saying he's wooden. Mm. I think this is like a prime example of like how if his heart's not really in the role... Mm-hmm. You he can't, can doesn't give it his all. Yeah. Do you think he, that was because of like the direction or just like he got on set and was just like, no, I'm not feeling this? He or? put it down to exhaustion. Right. He'd just done like a string of films back to back. Okay, yeah. And he didn't want to turn this down. It's a big film with a big director, like a big opportunity, but he should have just taken a break because he was exhausted and he wasn't happy of how yeah. he turned out in this film. But interestingly, so um, in this film, he is seduced by actress uh, Monica Bellucci. Yeah. As he is later in his career, in a film we've already talked about, mm-hmm. uh, Matrix Reloaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, she attempts to seduce him in the bathroom in that film and she plays the bride of Dracula in this and she attempts to seduce him in this as well so that's Dracula I'm not the big I love the story of Dracula um, but this is not my favourite adaptation Hmm. Um, my favourite adaptation is uh, Werner Herzog's Nosferatu that's my favourite vampire movie fun fact it's a weird one Mm. but I love that one anyway so that's Dracula you didn't get a chance to watch it yeah let's talk about his next film that we watched then. Uh, much Ado About Nothing. Yeah, another Shakespeare. And as tradition, we saved the Shakespeare film till last. This yep. is the last one we watched. So stacking it up against uh, Othello, 
Yeah. We watched for Lawrence Fishburne and uh, Macbeth. We watched yeah. for Marion Cotillard. How did this one stack up for you? I didn't enjoy it at all. You didn't like it? No. You know, like when we spoke about, maybe I just wasn't in the right mindset. You know, when we spoke about um, Othello and we were like, I took like about 15, 20 minutes to like mm. kind of click. And then like the language, like you, the barrier just like kind of falls away and you mm. just kind of like get into the mood and feel of it. Like I just didn't with this. It was a bit bitty for me. Um, I'm not, like I said, we said at the time, I'm not really a fan of Shakespeare's comedies. Yeah. And this is like a comedy. Had some good performances in it. Yeah. Keanu was sort of like the shit shithead in it. Emma Thompson was really good she in it. She was really good in it. I liked her. And you had Denzel Washington was sort of the lead, which yeah. I was interesting because you have Kenneth Branagh. It's the same director as Othello. And There's a he, really, really young Kate Beckinsale in it as well. Yeah. Well, uh, it was interesting that in this and Othello, Kenneth Branagh uh, cast a black man mm. in kind of the Leading, lead role. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. Mm. So it was, it was uh, Kenneth Branagh who did Othello again. But yeah, I thought I was going to like this because I was like, oh, I liked Othello. Mm. So he's, he's got a head for Shakespeare, but I just think I don't like the comedies. Because mm. I didn't, this really didn't do it for me either. Yeah. And Keanu um, had like kind of a, an important role, but not out of screen time. No, it was more like his um, influence was like overarching the whole film, but actually his, yeah. he didn't um, like appear on screen terribly much. No. He played a bit of a knob anyway. Yeah, he was like just an asshole, really. Mm. Um, like double crossing Denzel's character. And yeah. They're supposed to be like brothers or whatever. Mm. Like. I had rather be a canker in a hedge than a rose in his grace. In this, though I cannot be said to be a flattering, honest man, it must not be denied, but I am a plain dealing villain. If I had my mouth, I would bite. If I had my liberty, I would do my liking. In the meantime, let me be that I am and seek not to alter me. But um, one interesting thing about this film, though, um, Brian Blessed's also in this. Yeah. (laughs) And Keanu and Brian Blessed actually became pretty good friends filming this, which is a friendship I would never have (laughs) thought of, but Mm. I love that it's happened. Um, And Blessed taught Keanu on set to meditate he taught him meditation that's <laughs> and they so meditated cool. together. oh my god I want to meditate with uh, Brian Blessed I want to watch <laughs> I just want to watch the scene of Keanu and Brian Blessed like meditating together oh my god can we put a like I don't know go fund me for uh, Brian Blessed and uh, Keanu Reeves like martial arts uh, zen movie <laughs> yeah I would watch it <laughs> Uh, that's much to do about nothing so I'll talk about they're not next to each other but they're only a few years apart so I'll just lump them in together right so Neil actually and regular um, sort Con- of contact, contributor now yeah contributor to the show um, Neil he contacted me and he said oh you know he's, he's he kind of said what I said at the beginning Keanu's like defined by like a lot of the roles that Keanu's most well known for are defined by it being Keanu yeah and in some other roles they kind of he can't quite pull it off Mm. Um, but he said a couple of action films from the 90s that he remembers fondly although he doesn't know how well they'll hold up is Johnny Mnemonic right and Chain Reaction okay and they weren't on my list to watch and I'd never Mm -hmm. heard of either yeah but Neil I watched them both oh and you didn't watch either no I was gonna say I remember you watching them yeah I mean what's your verdict I, I didn't really enjoy either oh okay 
I enjoyed Chain Reaction more, mm-hmm. even though I think that Johnny Mnemonic has the more interesting concept. Okay. Um, but they're both just weird action sci- sci-fi-ish films from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Mnemonic, he's a, a smuggler basically. He can sp- he smuggles data. Oh yeah, I remember <laughs> you talking to me about this. <laughs> he can smuggle information in his brain. Yeah. Um. So it doesn't make any sense to to smuggle data in his brain to make enough space for him to transport up to 80 gig of data that he can store in his brain. Mm-hmm. That's his brag. Uh, most of them can only smuggle like 40 gig, but he can do 80. Right, of course. But he, they had to remove his memories of childhood to make space in his brain for him to I carry 80 gig. I love that. Yeah, well, maybe I didn't lose anything I wanted to keep. I needed the space for the job. Well, you got parents and stuff? You got parents and stuff? Yeah. Once. But I haven't seen them in years. Yeah. Anyways, I don't think about it much, okay? Well, what do you think about? When you're alone. I think I want to get out of this rat hole. I want to get online. I need a computer! So is bonkers why not remove like memories of you sitting on the toilet that's probably a good couple of years worth of memories there that's true any yeah any just at least that are memories of sleep but you don't remember sleeping it's definitely like 20 gig right there sitting on the toilet so um the interesting why he signed up for this one so the script was sort of just dumped on his doorstep right to create like an air of mystery about it i like that you're using like dumped when i was just talking about the toilet (laughs) Well, also this script. Uh, (laughs) But he was really intrigued by this mystery script and it sort of, you know, piqued his interest a bit. I think that's why he signed up for it. So it worked. Did he read it on the John? Maybe, maybe. (laughs) But yeah, he smuggles that. I just love the concept. It made me, every time they brought up like the amount of data and stuff and just the ideas, it made me laugh. So this has got like the Yakuza in it, which is obviously like Japanese quotations. Does it have, is this where he like kind of, gets into like I don't martial know. arts I like don't a little know. bit okay <laughs> i mean I, I saw what films i watched while i was painting right this is one i watched while i was painting okay. um as was chain reaction which is uh sort of like government secrets kind of film he's like a scientist they were they're working on a green energy in mm-hmm. the future um and they find the they find this green energy source but then other people want it it's got Dan morgan freeman it's in him it, and morgan freeman yeah yeah um, and Rachel Weiss as well. Right. Who appears later with they were together in Constantine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. So this was this was their first film together. Uh, I really like Rachel Weiss. I think maybe that's why I liked this one more because it had I liked the cast a bit more. Yeah. But it was just it wasn't really interesting. So that's that's my you know quick tight five on the right. Keanu's forgotten weird sci-fi action films of the nineties. Mm-hmm. Neil, I actually really enjoyed the concepts of both and they were very interesting. But I wouldn't say I actually enjoyed the films. Mm-hmm. Um, in between those films, he did A Walk in the Clouds, right? which we did watch. Yeah. So what what did you think of this one? It's him like leaning into like the kind of heartthrobby yeah. um, like, vibe again. I feel like this is the first like proper romance film he's did. Yeah. He's so he's just like a returning World War II like, soldier. He's like really... He's kind of like so wholesome. Yeah. And he's like... What a shocker, Keanu Reeves playing a wholesome character. Yeah. 
his like girlfriend throughout the war, he gets home and basically she's like, right, now you've got to go and earn some money. Yeah. Like literally straight away. So he's like, okay, cool. And then like gets on the road, like meets this woman on a bus and basically like pretends to be her husband because she's got knocked up. Yeah, they have like, there's like a slight altercation on the bus and they end mm. up getting kicked off. And he feels bad about it. I think she feels bad for kicking him off because he's yeah, like sticking up right. for her. Yeah, some guy's giving a hassle. Yeah. And he, gets, he stands up for her and then he gets kicked off and she feels bad. She gets off the bus, but she says, I've got to go home to my parents' house. Yeah. They think I'm engaged. I'm not. But I'm pregnant. But and I'm pregnant. obviously in like, mm, when did the war end? 45-ish? Mm. So it must have been maybe around then. Big, big trouble if yeah, you I mean, are... They're, they're, um, is it a Mexican family? Yeah, yeah she's so her part family, of a very religious Mexican family. Yeah, and they're all um, they're all involved in olive uh, olive oil. No wine. wine. It's a big, big yeah, vineyard. Yeah, yeah, wine. That's the one. They're a rich family who own a massive vineyard. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a romance film. Where, like he actually gets on with the family. Like it's the, him and the dad mm. don't like each other. It's kind of it's a bit crazy at the end, but yeah. It's just watching it's them fun. actually fall for each other. Yeah, basically. It's it's good. It's like an easy watch. It's a sloppy romance yeah, film. totally. But, you know, these aren't my favourite type of films, surprise, surprise, but I didn't mind it. It was fine. Yeah, it's like kind of watchable. So, polar opposite I'm of that. I'm going to say that during filming of Walk in the Clouds yeah. um, is where he split his lip. He got a scar on his lip. Oh, right. Because he was um, playing hockey with friends during filming oh. and split his lip open had to get six stitches in it oh shit anyway yeah what was what was after Polar Opposite Devil's Advocate yeah so this, this is one film. I was looking forward to watching because I'd never seen it before but I was aware of it it's quite a renowned film mm. and I didn't know much about it so I was looking forward to watching it it's him um, and like a really young Charlie Charlie Theron yeah yeah um, uh, which was really cool he pairs up with again later on but this was also recommended to us yeah. by uh, Chris Ski on uh, Twitter. Cool. He's recommended a few things. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Chris, for like numerous suggestions. Mm. But, um, yeah, really appreciate it. It's always good to um, like get a recommendation from you guys that's a little bit like off the beaten track. Yes. Well, this one wasn't off the beaten track. I probably would have watched this anyway, but sometimes if I'm planning on watching one and someone recommends it, it like cements it, I'm like, oh, I'm looking uh, forward to that yeah. one, you know? Uh, so he's like a f- uh, South of America, like Florida Florida uh, lawyer um, and basically gets snapped up by this New York City um, law firm. Mm. Um, and he's like, wow, like this is like really like cool like I can't believe it they thought they think like they've won the lottery they're instantly like put up in like the um, firm's like swankiest building yeah, like the, the biggest and best for the firm to get yeah, to it's like living um, accommodation and he starts obviously taking cases and winning like winning all the time he thinks he's like the hot shit yeah well it, it's basically like his he's just like super he is good at his job and he's just like super lucky basically mm. the whole time um, and then things like start to unravel a little bit and he starts seeing like the cracks can we just say the guy who runs the law firm that snaps him up is Al Pacino is Al Pacino who is this film wouldn't be what it is without Al Pacino in this role mm-hmm. he is bringing the most it's chaotic absolutely Al fucking iconic performance yeah the most chaotic Al Pacino 
scenery chewing performance. It's so good. Like, he's crazy in it and totally, like, embodies that character and makes him, it's like, intense. believable. He's and really, it's like, just... charming and smarmy, but scary. Yeah. But, like, he's, it's, a, it's a great Pacino role. Yeah, it's great. Um, spoiler alert. Well, I was... <laughs> I'm just going to... But, 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 but I'll delete that and I'll say if you don't want the twist revealed to you right. just skip it forward like 30 seconds yeah you can do that on your app just like hit the skip but to me this was way better knowing the twist I knew it before I went in because I read the description of right. the film and it was like you know uh, Keanu Reeves gets signed up by the son of the devil or whatever Lucifer and I was yeah. just like oh right but it doesn't reveal that till way later in the film yeah, yeah, yeah. watching it knowing that I thought was way better yeah because I'm picking up on all the yeah like cues yeah. and like all the symbology and stuff yeah I'm picking up on all the little hints they're drawing in and it made it way better I suggest knowing the twist yeah. before watching it it was and way also, better and also um, just like all the symbology and all the things that are just like miraculously kind of going his way you're like oh this has been like totally orchestrated mm. um, so yeah it's another one with religious themes we talked about Keanu doing a lot of these films with religious themes in it and it's another yeah. one I think he's just yeah really interested in like the occult and like unexplained like stuff um, and like folklore, fairy tales, all that kind of like weird, like off mm. off kilter stuff. But this was a good one. I actually enjoyed it. Well, mm. hmm. I feel like even if you don't like it, this is an interesting film to watch because yeah. it's so bonkers. I always appreciate a film which when it ends, I'm like, God, that was fucking nuts. Yeah. You know? Even if I don't necessarily love it. Yeah. I enjoyed the experience of watching this film whilst like saying it's not one of my favorite films mm. you know? but it was like an experience to watch mm. hang on we gotta talk about this oh listen to yourself kevin we gotta talk about this it's your wife man she's sick she needs you she's gotta come first i oh, wait a minute wait a minute. you mean the possibility of leaving this case has never even entered your mind You know what scares me? I quit the case. She gets better. And I hate her for it. I don't want to resent her, John. I've got a winner here. I've got to nail this fucker down. Do it fast and put it behind me. Just get it done. Then, then, put all my energy into her. After that, he did The Gift, which we've watched. Um, So we'll just briefly... I mean, in fact, we even talked about his role in it, in the... um, Kate Blanchett episode. Mm-hmm. This is the one where she plays like a psychic, basically. He's just a bit, he's like a total arsehole. He's an it? abusive husband. Yeah. Yeah, we said it in the Kate Blanchett one, though. Like, at this point, it's really horrible seeing Keanu. Mm. <laughs> it's like this, like, wife beater. Yeah. Uh, arsehole character um, married to Hilary Swank. Mm. Uh, so we kind of spoke about it on that, so we don't really need to talk anymore about it on this one. But after that, he teamed up with Charlie's Theron again, who's mm-hmm. moving Devil's Advocate for Sweet November. This film, um, so it's about, uh, so you don't really know the background of um, Charlize's character like very well. It sort of like becomes like revealed during like the events that take place. But basically he, like Keanu plays this like workaholic. He's in kind of like a meh relationship and he is in like advertising and just like, he kind of like, like snaps. He gets fired. Yeah. He's a, he's a real smarmy. Yeah. Like douchebag basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Charlize's character just she tries to find people that need a change in their life for mm-hmm. whatever reason and she dates them for a month yeah 
It's like to, a fix me up, fix them up project yeah. kind of. So she finds these guys that need fixing, I guess. Yeah. Um, and she ends up moving in with her for a month and like falling in love with her, and yeah, like kind of like changing his mindset <sighs> and stuff. It was it was a real mess. Yeah. I didn't like this film. Yeah. I mean, when it ended, you were, actually you said when the credits rolled, you said that was shit. <laughs> was your first words? Yeah. So you obviously weren't a fan either. Mm. And this is a remake of a film. It was really naff. Um. Yeah, so we don't really have to bang on about it. The only thing I've, I found interesting, um, Jason Isaacs is in it. And oh, yeah. He's a drag performer. He's like her flatmate. He lives downstairs. Yeah. And um, to, to get into the role and everything, he, drizz- he visited loads of um, like drag clubs and yeah. stuff like that just to like, meet a few of the performers to try and yeah. get into that world a, a little bit. It. Yeah. And um, Keanu really wanted to go with him. Yeah. He thought it'd be fun, like fun night out, going to yeah, these like, yeah. drag clubs with him, and he really wanted to go, but he wasn't allowed. Really? Because at the time, he'd just finished doing The Matrix, right. so he was like the most famous person in the world at that time. Oh my God. And he's like, no, I have to sort of be undercover a little bit. I can't be walking in there with Keanu Reeves. Right. So he never got to go along with Jason Isaacs to his like drag club tours, Damn. and yeah, he was a bit disappointed by that. <laughs> Maybe he should have gone in uh, maybe, drag- yeah, maybe he disguise. should have gone in drag and um, disguise. Yeah. Only know what I know. The passing years will show. You've kept my love so young, so new. So, yeah, he does some more of The Matrix, doesn't he? He does Matrix Reloaded. Uh, and then Revolution, straight, pretty much straight off the back mm. of that. And then um, he does Something has Got to Give. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. So, I like, I really like this film. Did you? Yeah, I did. It's so silly. It was interesting. At the time, the studio were a bit reluctant to do this. They right. kept turning it down. I think actually it got passed around studios before it got settled on. Can't remember whoever did it. I just really like that it focuses on like older actresses. Well, that was why actors. they didn't want to do it. They said yeah. no one wants to watch a romance film between older. So it's Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson. In 2003, that mindset was probably pretty prevalent, unfortunately. Yeah. But that's why I liked it. Yeah, it was fun because it was about that age. It was mm. about he Jack Nicholson is like been obsessed the, with younger women. Yeah, he'd been around the block. He was like he a, still does. He's he starts the film dating Diane Keaton's daughter. Yeah, he was like he's like a sort after like older bachelor. But it's all about age, isn't it? He mm. chases young women, and she then him and her sort of hook up. But then Keanu Reeves is his doctor, mm-hmm. and gets and involved. he fancies Diane Keaton, yeah, who's an older woman for him, mm-hmm. and. You know, she has fun with Keanu. They keep dating and stuff. Yeah, his his character is really fun in this. Yeah, yeah, I like it because he's kind of like um, Keanu's character is kind of just kind of in awe of her, really, and is just like treats her a bit like a goddess, which is like amazing. But she just feels like she's a bit like past it, yeah. and it's so nice, like the like his affection for her. And he's sort of treated in this film like the perfect guy. Yeah, like everyone who sees him is like fawning over him. Yeah, and yeah, he's when, a doctor. Yeah, he's handsome. Oh <laughs> like when um, he's polite. I can't remember where they are. Oh, they're in the hospital waiting room, aren't they? And he comes out 
something's happened to Jack Nicholson's character. They've taken him to hospital. And it's like her, the assistant woman and like her her daughter. Oh, her sister. sister's played by Frances McDormand. Yeah, that's right. So there's these three women in there. So like Diane's like character, like her daughter, her sister and like her. Mm. And they're all younger than like she is, but Mm. he's only got eyes for her. And and it's it's really really... obvious to them all apart from her. Yeah, and she's just like really normal about it and just like, doesn't even clock that he's kind of infatuated with her. Mm. And then later she kind of like, really, like the penny drops. Mm. Um, well, because he asks her out. Yeah, he and I think that, that's so nice. Out. Like it's really good. It's like just wholesome, like you romance. You don't get many films with the dynamic of like the younger guy yeah. and the older woman. And it was done, it wasn't done for comedy. Like the laughs were very pure. Yeah. That it was involved with. Oh, it's um, not comedic, I don't think. It, it was. I mean, there's funny stuff in it. Yeah. But I think it's more a romance and then a comedy second. Hmm. Mr. Sanborn, I'm Dr. Mercer. Are you in any pain right now? I feel some pressure in my chest. It's real tight. Can you show me where the pain is? Right here. What were you doing when the pain started? I was kissing a beautiful woman. Were you having intercourse? Unfortunately, no. Sense of humor intact? <laughs> yeah. Give him an aspirin to pull off five milligrams and hang a nitro trim. Mr. Sanborn. Your EKG shows you have a blocked artery, which is not allowing enough oxygen to get to the heart muscle. I'm having a heart attack. We're going to stop it, but I need to know what medications you take. I take Lipitor. To this. Uh, Anything else? For blood pressure. What about Viagra? Mr. Sanborn, did you take any Viagra today? Mr. Sanborn? No. No Viagra. Okay, good. Just need to be sure because I put nitroglycerin into your drip. And if you had taken Viagra, the combination could be fatal. But yeah, this is like an enjoyable watch. Yeah. Like, I don't mind this film. Good, like, really good cast. It's a really good, like, easy to watch, wholesome uh, romance. Yeah, and Keanu is sort of, he's not like one of the main characters. Even though he it sounds like he's got a major role, he doesn't crop up all that much. He, mm. like, he pops up on dates and calls her sporadically throughout yeah. the film. It's really... It's just like a, in, like a thread. Yeah, it's really Jack and Diane mm. and then everyone else is sort of, like, on a lower pegging. Mm. His next one we watched is um, Thumbsucker. Yeah, another small role. Yeah. He, again, he's like a... Um, he's a dentist. He's a dentist, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's like more like a hippie dentist in this. He starts off being a hippie dentist, yeah. 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 And basically the character, um, Justin, played by Lou Taylor Pucci. Yeah, I don't him? know the actor. Maybe. Uh, the character, like uh, Justin, basically is... Getting older, he's like becoming a teenager, but he still has the habit of like sucking his it's thumb. It's a coming of age and it's film, like inhibiting and his... the thumb sucking thing. Yeah, actually goes away after like the first third of the film. Yeah, it's just a coming of age film about like an awkward teenager who but has some issues. Keanu's his dentist who gives him advice, but it's like in three or four scenes in mm, the whole film. Yeah, and that's it. It's a real bit part. Um, Interesting film though. But it was set and filmed in Portland again. Oh, okay. So this was like we've this is like the fourth film that Keanu's yeah. been in that's set and filmed in Portland. That's because Portland's cool. Tilda Swinton's in this, mm-hmm. who he's with again in Constantine. Yes. And for years, this is directed by Mike Mills. Yeah. And for years, like I, I used to, I've only this is the first time I watched this film, but I've always seen it around. Yeah. Um, intended to watch it because I like sort of weirdo indie films like mm-hmm. this. 
And um, even though I didn't actually love this film, but for years I thought, oh, interesting, Mike Mills made a film because I wasn't familiar with Mike Mills, the director. I thought it was Mike Mills from R.E.M. Oh, right. So for years I was like, oh, cool, well, weird, the guy from R.E.M. made a film. Oh, my God. I watched that. And when we watched it, I thought it was him. And I looked up afterwards and I was like, looked at the director. It was like, often gets confused with Mike Mills mm-hmm. from R.E.M. And I was like, oh, like he was by me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, different Mike Mills. So you literally just mentioned it. Are you going to say some more about this? No, no, I was okay. going to say what you're going to say. Uh, literally after this, you've already just mentioned it, um, Constantine. Yeah. I love this film. I know you're a big fan of this film. When I was a kid, I could see things. Things humans aren't supposed to see. Things you shouldn't have to see. My parents were normal. They did what most parents would do. They made it worse. You think you're crazy long enough. You find a way out. You try to kill yourself. I didn't try anything. When you cross over, time stops. Take it from me, two minutes in hell is a lifetime. When I came back, I knew all the things I could see were real. Heaven and hell were right here, behind every wall, every window, the world behind the world. We're smack in the middle. It's a super guilty pleasure. It's not amazing. Um, this has a big fan base. Though. A lot of people do love this film. Yeah, I love it. Just because the uh, iconography and the subject matter is like really cool. And I think... Um, Religious themes again. Yeah. <laughs> but it feels like um, a little bit like Hellboy. Right. Like the feel of it. Yeah. It's like what Hellboy should have felt like. It's like a comic book movie, but... A little bit darker. It's like gritty, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's Keanu. Whilst having a nice, a silly edge to it. Yeah, it is quite similar in yeah. terms of help. The Guillermo de Toro help mm-hmm. with films, yeah. It's uh, Keanu, Rachel Weisz. Um, there's loads of other people in it. Tilda Swinton, which we just mentioned. Yeah, Sheila Booth's in it. Oh, I don't remember. I see, I've only seen this once and it was probably about nine, ten years ago. It was when I started yeah. seeing you. And um, you, would, you were like, oh yeah, I love this film. I had never seen it. Yeah. I didn't re-watch it for this. You did. Yeah, I did. I was sort of like half watching it. I've seen it so many times. Mm. Um, I think that um, Keanu's performance in this is really, he kind of gets his steely edge mm. in this. Like after Matrix, it's kind of like the evolution of that like badass, steely kind of persona cool cool as a cucumber guy Mm -hmm. so like no matter what shit is hitting the fan he's kind of just rolls with the punches Mm. um and i think this character kind of foreshadows like john wick Mm -hmm. like his persona in it Uh, but it's basically just about a um supernatural exorcist that fights like like bad bad gun with a cross on it and stuff that's just on the poster so is, doesn't he have that in the film yeah but like it's like a little tiny thing like he has more stuff than that that's what i always remember from it yeah. because it is on the poster i like rachel vice's like character in it because mm-hmm. um her sister dies and they're twins mm. and it's basically him going into the afterlife to like talk to her and stuff but they're still connected and she's very she's like pushed all of this supernatural um goings on out of her life so she can't 
see it anymore Mm. um and it's kind of her character like unlocking um that to kind of to help constantine so that's i like that storyline part of it this this film is obviously based on the comics Mm -hmm. the vertigo dc comics hellblazer yeah john constantine uh but he's nothing like John Constantine is portrayed in the right in the comics. in the In the comics, he's from Liverpool, in the in right. England. He's got blonde hair. Mm-hmm. He's it drawn to look a bit like Sting. Like the main influence there of the character is, is Sting. There was like a TV series. Constantine. Yeah, there was. Um, I don't. It got cut ago. short. It got cancelled. Yeah, after one series. Um, but the character, that character in that is more. Like it, yeah. yeah, like he was an English guy, I think. Well, they were originally going that route, and the studio, none of the studios, pick it up. Um, and mm. then when Keanu showed interest, they actually really liked the idea of him playing the character and they changed the character for him to try mm-hmm. a different version of it. Because yeah. they were like, oh, that could work, actually. Like, And then once they got Keanu involved, the studios were more interested. Mm. I think, I think um, like you said before, when he's not in it, it kind of shows. But this, he's definitely in it. Because I think he's really interested in this like subject matter. I don't dis... Even though I like... I like my Liverpudlian mm. Constantine, John Constantine. I actually do quite like this version of yeah. the character. I don't think if you're going to do an alternate version, this is a good one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is well, that's one you really love. Yeah. yeah. It's like a definitely like a guilty pleasure. It's a good movie. It's not like mind blowing. Not a masterpiece. Um, but it is really it's good, and I think it um, paves the way for a lot of his stuff later down the line. Mm. So going from a film you really love, right? Into a film I really love. Okay. Next is Scanner Darkly. Yeah, this is the first time I watched this. Yeah. Um, this has the main, the first thing you would say about this film is it has a really unique aesthetic look. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, they filmed the whole film mm-hmm. and then they drew over the whole film. Mm-hmm. So it's an animated film, but the whole animation is made been drawn. in like 2006. Yeah. The whole like, animation incredible. has been drawn over yeah. the actor. It's like so shaded. Yeah, it's a really weird-looking film. When everything moves, all the scenery moves, it makes you feel a bit queasy. And the whole film has a queasy air to it. Like, it mm. works with this film. Mm-hmm. It takes a while to, like, get into the look of it because it's so But it kind odd. of, like, leans towards the subject matter, isn't it? Because it's about, yeah. like, this drug. It's about reality and the yeah. way people perceive things and about, yeah, everyone's hooked on this, on this drug. Mm. So it's, a, a, it's based a on a Philip K. Dick story. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, sci-fi, techie sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. Some big people, Winona again. Yeah. Robert Downey. Yeah. And um, who else is in it? What's his name? Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're the sort of main four characters. Mm. Um, and Keanu's the main character. He's like an undercover cop, basically, mm-hmm. um, who lives in this sort of drug den, but he's also, he's sort of like made to spy on himself by the police because you, when you're a scanner, you scan footage and look mm-hmm. for details. You are completely anonymous. So at work, he is completely anonymous, wears a suit that doesn't give away any of his identity, his covers his face and everything. Mm-hmm. So, and he's tasked to like spy on this, you know, drug house, which is his house, and he's mm. made to spy on himself. So it's a really sort of interesting concept. Yeah, I think um, this was before um, Robert Downey. Yeah, this was well. It's um, interesting they cast him in a film about like substance abuse and like breaking the law because he was notorious yeah always in and out of trouble but he's the one who 
thing. It's really weird. He's, like, a, the, bit, he's the a bit of a snake. He's a snake in the grass. Mm. Yeah, you can't trust him. But yeah, they were unsure of casting Keanu in this role because it's mm. heady sci-fi, and it was so soon after The Matrix. Mm-hmm. But and then they went for it, and he was really keen to do this one. Yeah. And yeah, I just I remember when this came out. I was drawn to it because of the way it looked. I was always into, interested in films that looked or felt different. Yeah. And I picked it up on DVD when it first came out. Mm. You know, I, I talked on other podcasts, like every Friday I'd go and buy like a CD and a film or whatever. Mm. And this is one of them, oh, that looks cool, I'm going to pick this up. And I watched it then and it just went right over my head. Like mm-hmm. I thought it was cool and a bit weird and I didn't really get what it was all about. Yeah. I didn't really follow the plot. I it, it is really quite... Um... Like, it is obvious, but then it's also not. There's also, yeah. like, really, like, slight nuance kind of... Well, when um, I watched it this time, I, I thought, oh, God, this is really heady. Yeah. I remember not understanding it at all. And this time, I actually thought it was pretty straightforward to mm. follow. And I don't know what it was about it I couldn't follow mm. when I was younger. Or maybe I've just watched more sci-fi films now. Maybe. But um, this time, I found it really straightforward to follow and really thought it was a cool story. Yeah. And definitely like a way underrated Philip K. Dick adaptation. Yeah. Um, when you think of how big his other adaptations have been, like Minority Report, Total Recall, mm-hmm. uh, even like Adjustment Bureau, things like that, this seems to be like the underdog. It's still pretty but well I think it's a really reviewed cool though. Story. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's beloved by a lot of people, but you just don't hear people talk about it. It's mm-hmm. um, directed by uh, Richard Linklater. Yeah. yeah, I love like the concept of it. Mm. Just kind of like visually disrupting reality. Yeah. I'm supposed to act like they aren't here. Assuming there's a they at all. It may just be my imagination. Whatever it is that's watching, it's not human. Unlike little dark-eyed Donna, it doesn't ever blink. What does a scanner see? Into the head? Down into the heart? Does it see into me, into us, clearly or darkly? I hope it sees clearly because I can't any longer see into myself. I see only Mark. I hope for everyone's sake the scanners do better. Because if the scanner sees only darkly the way I do, then I'm cursed and cursed again and will only wind up dead this way. Knowing very little and getting that little fragment wrong too. Okay, so the next one is The Lake House. Yeah. I'd never seen this one. No, I was me aware neither. of it. Okay, so you'd heard of it before? Yes, I remember this coming out. Um, so him and um, Sandra Bullock's like one of their reunions. Re- reunion film, yeah. Mm. And in my mind, I always get confused with The Notebook. Right. Because I don't know why. It's a romantic Completely film. different cast. I don't know why in my head these two get confused. Sometimes I get that though. Your brain just like gets stuck. Well, when people... The only thing I knew about this film was it involved time travel. Right. Which always intrigued me. Cause You've I got love, a niggle with that, haven't you? Well, I love a time travel movie, first of mm. all. So anytime it's got time travel in it, I'm like there for a film. So this was always on the fringe for me because I've never seen it. Until they do it wrong. This is always on my radar because I knew it was the time travel rom-com. Right. And I'm not a big rom-com fan, but this one was always like in the back of my mind because I knew it was time travel. Intrigued by it. And then whenever people mention The Notebook, which is really popular and I've also never seen, I always say to them, oh, is that the time travel rom-com? 
Mm. And they look at me like I'm a maniac. Yeah. So it was this one. This was the time travel rom-com. Yeah. And you made allusions to that it doesn't really hold up um, in terms of the time travel. Right, yeah. The time travel stuff you had, there was some slight issues with that, wasn't there? Um, I've got three notes. <laughs> I make when, we, when I write down these films before we go over them, I make just mm. bullet points to talk about. So I've written Bullock again. Right. I've written Time Travel Again, brackets Bill and Ted. So right. it's first time travel movie. Yeah, cool. And then I've written, does not hold up under scrutiny. <laughs> <laughs> and Bill and Ted does, does it? <laughs> <laughs> more so, genuinely more so. Yeah, it's actually more plausible. So I, this, I, I'm not going to go into why it doesn't hold up under scrutiny. That's all I have to say on it, but yeah, go ahead. So this is basically about um, an architect's son, who's also an architect. His dad built the house on the lake. The lake and, house. Yeah, the lake house. The titular um, house. So he's living on the lake in the lake house and basically like the um, post box is magic. Yeah, it's a magic film. It's more, if you don't think of it as a time travel film and just mm. think of it as a magic film, it's fine. It's still not great. Yeah. And basically him and Sandra Bullock write letters to each other from, he's in the past? He's in the past, she's in the future. Mm. And she's like, catch up with me or whatever. Yeah, kind of. It's, it gets a bit muddy and it doesn't really work if you think too much about it. Yeah, so I turned my brain off for all that technical stuff mm. and um, the ins and outs of um, complex time travel issues. And I thought it was all right. Yeah, it didn't. It was just, it niggled me too much. There's so many little <laughs> you can't let things it go. that doesn't work. Right. Because it, basically it comes down to... Um, Time travel issues? I, I, I can't bother to get into it. It is, right. would really create like a. I thought in time the grand scheme. Anomaly. Right. Well. <laughs> you know what, right? I, I love Futurama. I bring this up on all my podcasts. And the writers of that are so switched on when it comes to time travel rules. Right. That it's like trained me to be picky with time travel because I've had, I've been sport with time travel stuff. Okay. Anyway, it was alright. It was pretty good, like, rom-com. Um, Keanu was really good in it. Yeah, he's got, like, a kind of a soft, interesting, yeah, right, like, side to it's the character. chintzy, but, you know, it's fine. I can see why people would like him as, like, a male lead in a rom-com. Yeah, it was quite interesting. I liked it. Okay. Street Kings. Street Kings. Um, I didn't love this that much. It's a Dirty Cops movie with... Um, yeah. Who's he in with this? There's someone else in it that's really good. Forrest Whitaker's in it with him. Yeah, and um, Chris... What's his name, isn't it? Oh, Chris uh, Evans. Yeah. Young Chris Evans. Oh, yeah, I remember now. Chris Evans. So, yeah, basically he's like a cop and he teams up with this, like, like really green cop, which yeah. is Chris Evans' character. Um, it's all about just corruption. And he's kind of, yeah, like Keanu's character's kind of bending the rules, but he's kind of like... I know this is never an excuse to bend the rules, but like doing it for the right reasons. But then it kind of like catches up with him a bit. Yeah, it was about um, how everyone bends the rules, but including the good guys. So I was just yeah. like, can't we just have the thing is that the time we watched this, there's so much stuff in the media at the moment about police corruption. Yeah. And then we sat down to watch a film about police corruption and it just didn't sit well with me. Yeah, it left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. But I think like contextually watching it at this time wasn't like the best like it, it was a reflection. David- David Ayer movie and he's not he's not my favourite he's mm. been involved in good things but I feel like it's yeah. luck I don't know how good he is I felt like um, I don't know like the fact that he was like bending the rules and stuff there's nobody 
like with a cop movie, you kind of want to like root for somebody. He wasn't good. He wasn't bad. There wasn't any like redeeming yeah, like he was character. Yeah, like himself. Yeah. So it was a bit of like a weird watch. One of those films where there's no one you're really, um, no character you like rooting for, rooting for him or like falling no. in love with or something like. There's no, um, yeah, redeeming qualities. So it was okay. Next. I wasn't a fan. Uh, we, you might notice, listeners, we are like plowing through these a little bit now <laughs> because we are already over the two-hour mark. Right. I've just realised how many films we've watched, and it's probably twice the amount that That's, we actually normally watch. I said this to you in the first half. This is more than we watched for anyone, and I don't think we can ever do this again because I have to edit this. Right. <laughs> we're already at the two-hour mark. Keanu's amazing, though. Um, so, just listeners, in future, th- there won't be an episode as long as this. I hope. Yeah. Um, so, the day the earth stood still. You didn't watch this. No. You said you think you've seen it before, but it kind of left too much of an impression on you if you didn't remember I it. I can't remember if I have or not. This has such a bad reputation. Right. That I was like prepared. Like, this was one of my, I'll watch it while I'm painting ones because right. of the bad reputation, but I was yeah. curious. And I really didn't think it was that bad. Okay. It reminded me a little bit of what we talked about with Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator. Right. So people say Keanu can be quite like wooden. Mm-hmm. blank but in this he's playing an alien called Klaatu <laughs> is he and wooden <laughs> who doesn't understand like humans and stuff he is just like an alien mm. it really suits him and I actually liked watching him he embodied his role totally. as a weird alien man because right. he kind of is what he's like that's cool we can't risk the survival of this planet for the sake of one species what are you saying if the earth dies you die if you die the Earth survives. There are only a handful of planets in the cosmos that are capable of supporting complex life. You can't do this. This one can't be allowed to perish. We can change. We could still turn things around. We've watched, we've waited and hoped that you would change. Please. It's reached the tipping point. We have to act. Please. We'll undo the damage you've done and give the Earth a chance to begin again. Yeah. he's He stars alongside a young Jaden Smith in this. Wow. And uh, Jennifer Connelly, mm-hmm. who I also really like. So it was fun to see them together. And um, this isn't bad. It's not a bad sci-fi film. If you just want to watch like, mm. Keanu being a weird, emotionless alien. Mm. Um, Good to know. It's a remake of the 1951 original. Mm. Cool. But yeah, uh, Day of the Earth is still not bad. Not as bad as people make out. I'm going to have to rewatch it at some point because I've got a little inkling I've seen it already, yeah, but I just can't recall bad. it. Anyway. But it was one I watched while I was painting, so maybe it wasn't mm. bad if I'm only half paying attention to it, right. which can be the case. Let's talk about Henry's Crime. Henry's Crime. This is a really... I'd never heard of this film. No, me neither. It went. Re- I think it was like a bit under the radar, maybe. Well, you were the one who suggested we watch this. You yeah, it sounded fun. You this one out. Because like, the concept is cool. He's basically a guy who is just like so wholesome. Uh, he goes to... He basically ends up being the getaway driver for a robbery crew because he agrees to like give him a lift. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he's the only one out of all of them that goes to prison um, for like all of them. And he's just like, oh, I'm in here like wrongfully. And then he does his time, like no qualms. For, for robbing a bank. Yeah, for robbing a way. bank, yeah. That's the important part. Um, so he does his time, like literally no qualms. And he gets out and he's just, he sort of like meets this woman. He's like, I might as well just, if I've done the time, I'll just actually do the crime mm. so he sort I've of i've already en- done my time for this robbing this bank we might as well rob it and he teams up with a guy who he met in prison yeah um and helps him do it and um it's quite cool because they're sort of just like you know no guns no violence like 
It kind of, it's really cool. It's interesting. I figured it out. You figured what out? My dream. Oh, that's good, good. So what is it? The bank. The bank is your dream? Yeah. Um, what bank? The one I didn't rob. That's your dream? Yeah. What kind of cockamamie dream is that? I did the time. I may as well have done the crime. Yeah, uh, time crime, uh, right. So what do you say? What do I say about what? Will you help me? Help you what? Will you, will you help me rob the bank? This one is one that has got, like, stinky reviews. 6.9? All right, okay, well, I looked on... It depends where you look. Right. I looked on Metacritic. Okay. I don't know what you're on. Metacritic here was, like, stinking. Really? Yeah. I'm on IMDb, of course. IMDb average is what? Six. Six. Yeah, it's about six. Like, yeah. It was very watchable. I had a really good cast. I really like um, Vera Farmiga, and mm. he stars alongside her in this. So yeah, like I, I really like her as an actress. So it's fun watching them two together. So yeah, it was good. I quite liked it. It was good fun. Like and, it was an easy watch. And James Carnes, the other yeah. the other dude who they're robbing the bank with. Yeah. Um, one little interesting fact about this. So yeah. um, he gets a. What we didn't mention is he gets a job working in this theatre. Yeah, which has like underground tunnels to the bank. Role. Yeah. That's why he gets the job at the theatre so they can dig through. Vera Farmiga's character, she is Actress. a performer at yeah. the theatre. And he has to carry on his cover. He actually gets a role in the play. Mm. So for the set, this was filmed, you know, on location in this small town, yeah. part of New York or something. I think outskirts of New York, something like that. And um, so they actually had to put the, the posters that are up. Oh, that's cool. For the Fake, fake play yeah. in the film up in this actual theatre to get the shots. Yeah. But the residents of that town saw the poster and were like, whoa, Keanu <laughs> Reeves and Vera Farmiga are doing a play That's in amazing. Theater. And they were like queuing up trying to get tickets. <laughs> Only to be disappointed when it wasn't a real play. It was a set for a film. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was in Tarrytown I, is, is where it was set. It was do you know what? They should have done it. They did most of it anyway yeah, on stage. Yeah, they should have just, the, the they just like carried on. Yeah. I wonder if half the cast, um, half of the extras in the crowd were like local people who wanted a ticket. <laughs> Maybe. Because you see like uh, towards the end of the film, don't you? They see them actually like performing. Yeah, Because yeah. half of the film's them like rehearsing, isn't it? And then at the end, they actually see them performing. So yeah, not yeah, a bad film. Pretty good. Uh, next is Man of Tai Chi. Yeah, this was recommended by like a fair few uh, listeners, actually. I always put out, mm-hmm. when we're preparing what, what films to watch. Yeah. I always put a thing out on Twitter like, okay, we're doing Keanu next. Give me some suggestions. And um, yeah. this one came up a few times, um, specific, specifically by um, The Mark Knight on Twitter and uh, Jacob Rolland on Twitter. Thanks both for the recommendation. Thanks, guys. Um, what did you think of it? Um, oh, here we go. Interesting, it's right? A six, it's got a 6.1. Yeah, I, I, it was a real mixed bag for me. I don't know how I feel about Keanu being a baddie. Yeah, even though I thought... He did I, it really well. I thought the final fight with him as like fighting villainously against yeah. the hero was a really cool fight. Yeah. Really but cool The fight, fight scenes in it are awesome. Um, um, I was like a bit cold on the fight oh, scenes. Oh, really? Yeah, that's where we were going to differ. I thought they were good. I thought the fight scenes throughout were okay. Right. There was a lot of like too much cuts, cut, too many cuts. I right, like okay. Longer fight scenes, but there was loads of quick cuts. Okay. Um, but this film was directed by Keanu Reeves. It's his 
Oh, one yeah. and only film that he's directed, so he's not exactly experienced in directing. Yeah. So maybe that is what I didn't like about it. But that last fight scene was awesome. Yeah. And uh, the main actor in it is uh, Tiger Chen. Yes. He's really good. They work together on Matrix films. Oh, cool. So that's how he met him and was like, I'm going to do this film. Yeah. I want you to be the lead in it. And this film is mainly in, um, I don't know if it's Cantonese or Mandarin, but it's a, a set in China. So mm-hmm. it's like maybe... 10% of it's in English mm-hmm. and, and the rest, the rest is, is subtitled yeah um, but yeah interesting seeing Keanu as the villain yeah and he is like a despicable in it like it's a, yeah it's just about like an underground like fight club basically yeah, fight club yeah. to the death it's about a, a, and the, specifically the, the main guy Tiger Chen he's using Tai Chi which as is a normally a meditation style. style but he's using it as a fighting style yeah and showing what how it can be used it's really unique I really don't know a lot about um, like martial arts, but it sounds like that's quite a unique approach. So yeah, I was uh, hot and cold on this. Mm. Um, I don't like seeing Keanu as a villain, but he was quite good as the villain at the yeah. same time. And the fight scenes, like I really liked some of them, and I thought some some of them left me a bit cold, a bit lacking. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's interesting that he's he hasn't directed a film since this. This is his one and only, you know, director's mm. credit. I feel like he was quite passionate about it. Yes. Well, he's into his martial arts anyway, mm. isn't he? So maybe why to fight to get this done. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> what? You think this is a delivery job? <laughs> you think you could just quit? <laughs> what do you mean? I'll see you in three days. Um, so next is 47 Ronin. Yeah, another sort of Asian-style film. I haven't seen this for a long time. Me neither. I didn't fancy re-watching it because the main thing I remember about it is that it looked awesome. Yeah. And then when we watched it, we were really disappointed. Yeah, I just think it was like really fell short of expectations, definitely. I think the fact that... Because it's Keanu, but then there's a couple of there's a couple of other people who aren't... Well, he's the only sort of known actor in it. Basically, Keanu had a much smaller part in this originally. Yeah. And it's a big ensemble film. Um, but the studio, because he was the only big name in it, were like pushing to ha- give him his character more scenes. Right. But he's the like the whole... biggest person like on the poster as yes, well. He's like yeah, absolutely massive. And it looks awesome. When I watched the trailer again before we did record it, I was like, God, this film does look really cool. Yeah. But I just know it wasn't i remember it being just a bit like oh when i watched it very messy yeah um but it's a fantastical samurai movie it's like there's like fantastical beasts and creatures and stuff it sounds even when i'm talking about it i'm like oh god that sounds cool Mm. i want a good version of this film basically if any of you listeners know of a like a good version of this fantastical samurai stuff yeah like japanese folklore but cool fight scenes and stuff let me know just wish it was a bit like more well executed yeah, this one was a disappointment for me, and I didn't fancy rewatching. Mm. But after that, bum, ba da bum, bum. John Wick. John Wick. Baba Yaga. It was just a fucking car, just a fucking dog. Just a dog. Vigo. Yeah. When Ellen died, I lost everything. Until that dog arrived on my doorstep. A final gift for my wife. In that moment, I received some semblance of hope. 
an opportunity to grieve on the law. And your son took that from me. Stole that from me. Killed that from me! People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. So you can either hand over your yeah. son, or you can die screaming alongside him! Oh, man. So let's just take a moment here just to talk about the whole trilogy. Yeah. And then we'll drop back to what he did up yeah. between them. So when this came out in 2014, um, it was awesome. Like, so ready for a, like, he's an ex-hitman. He's fucking badass. But he does have, like, a little bit of a tender... Yeah. Tender side to him. And it just like his calm, cool, and collected wrath is like so awesome to watch. Uh, and just everything that unfolds in this first one. Um, yeah, he's lost everything. He's got nothing to lose. It's one of them things where he's out of the game and they come, he comes dragging back in. Yeah. But, it's amazing. Um, this was a real like word of mouth hit. Yeah. Because I remember... It was a grower. I didn't hear about this film. It was on the cinema. Right. When it came out for, like, streaming and, and DVD and stuff, I'd heard about it so much on Twitter... Yeah. ...that I was, like, waiting for it to come out... Yeah. ...after the cinema, because I didn't see it at the cinema. And then when I did, I watched it on my own, actually. Yeah. And then I said to you, this film is awesome. Yeah. Like, we got to watch... you got to watch this film. Yeah. And we did, and you loved it as well. And then we were like pumped for every for the sequels after that. Yeah. And like, I just feel like this is a franchise that I haven't met somebody who doesn't like this because mm. it's just it's got something for everyone. It's it's in it's this, they're just fun, cool yeah. action scenes. They're I think very they don't silly, they yeah they don't cool. take themselves too seriously, but they're super cool. Like it's underground, like hit hit men, like all this like secret kind of underworld stuff is really cool. The style of fighting in it as well that he does is so yeah. unique. It's like a it's like gun foo. It's like yeah. loads of like guns and weaponry but also mixed in with hand to hand combat. Yeah. Which is just very visceral mm. in a way that you just haven't seen before. Yeah. And I can watch those fight scenes like all day. Oh, it makes me want to watch it again. Um, but yeah, this is the perfect role for him. Is um, John John Wick himself is a man of few words, and uh, he was cast because they said that Keanu is an actor who's works best with a character who is quite like stoic. Yeah, and he he like works mysterious. well with silence and reaction and expression. Yeah, definitely. So he can do a lot without saying a lot. And also, I think like the gravitas of when he does deliver like a line. Because he, he's like a like his character is a man of few words. Like it's like so much more impactful. Mm. And the cast like in this one is incredible. I love um, Ian McShane in it. He's yeah. great, and he comes back um, throughout the series. Yeah. Willem Dafoe's in this one. Yeah. Is Lance Reddick in this one, or is he only in the second and third? I think he's not in this one. Alfie Allen's in it as a little shithead. Oh, yeah, he's a shithead. John Leguizamo's in this one. I mean, they get really great people in the cast for all three of these films. You've got, like we said, Lawrence Fishburne shows up in the next ones. Yeah. You've got Halle Berry in the third one. Yeah. Uh, Angelica Huston's in the third one. Yeah. So, great cast throughout all of them. 
and um, amazing start to an incredible trilogy. But this felt, when this came out, it felt like everyone just loved Keanu again. Yeah. Like he was suddenly in the public It was like um, kind of his... Uh, Keanu-sance. Second, yeah, his renaissance, his second, second wind. But do you know a stalker broke into his home for real in 2014? Really? Yeah, so the... the the bit where the people break into his house at the beginning was kind of like very real to what how what had happened to him in real Holy life. Holy shit! So 2014, a stalker broke into his home, and um, Keanu just basically like calmly spoke to him, right? Talked him down. Was he like the aggressive? Like at the first opportunity, and they turned up and arrested this guy. Wow! But he just like dealt with it in a very like calm. Whoa! Fashion. Were they there, like, in an, in an aggressive? I have no manner? idea. Oh my god! How terrifying! Uh, so he did ninety percent of his own stunts in this film. Yeah, which obviously. when you see the stunts in this film, that's fucking oh. impressive. He did four months training of eight hours a day in martial arts and weaponry to prepare for this film. I bet that wasn't even like an issue for him. I bet he was like, "Oh, I'm so looking forward to this." The film was originally supposed to be called Scorn. Oh, that was what it was called it, up until filming. Um, but Keanu actually requested they call the film John Wick. Really? Yeah, he was like, I love the character's name so much. Can yeah. we just not just call it that? Like, yeah. he's got such a good name, just it's call it It's all about that. him. And I think Scorn is a bit... It's, very it's a bit weak, bland, isn't it? It's a bit it? like... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, John Wick, better. Well he done. wasn't Google. the first pick. They wanted... Um, well, the producers wanted Johnny Depp. No. No, that would have been a different film altogether. So much cheese. In Brazil, this film is released, it's called Back in the Game. Back in the Game. <laughs> I like that. Um, Why not John Wick? But this, we talked about him having a lot of tragedy right. in his life previously. Yeah. And he said, because, um, so his partner, his ex-partner, um, did act, he she did die in a car accident. So he did actually lose his ex-partner in real life. And he really Channel drew that. on that yeah. for this. Because wow. John Wick has has lost his partner in this film as so he yeah. lives alone. And it's so poignant. Like, it makes the film so real. Yes. And I didn't know that, but knowing that he, that's a part of his past and he's that he's drawing on that, like, brings a lot more weight to that. I think character. I kind of, in my mind, Keanu is John Wick in real life. <laughs> and um, the film is just a little glimpse into his day-to-day um, badassery. Honestly. <laughs> so John Wick 2 came out a few years later and didn't disappoint. Everyone loved this one just as much as the first. In fact, a lot of people like this one even more. Yeah. I think the second one's generally considered the best of the trilogy so far, even though I actually prefer the third. I think they've got better and better yeah. for me. But they're dog. all fantastic. Dog, amazing. Um, in the second one, he did even more of his own stunts. They reckon he did, he did about 95% of his own stunts in the second one. Went through a further three months of training for the second one, this time in judo, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, marksmanship and driving. Yeah. Driving. There's that cool driving scene at the oh, beginning yeah. of that one. Um, this one's the one that introduced Lawrence Fishburne. It was a huge hit and that led on to John Wick 3, Parabellum, which came out 2019. Yeah in which he had to do four months more full-time training. I told you, he's not even fussed. He's not even faced. He's like, yeah, like uh, this is my it's his hobby anyways. It's almost like someone's like, oh, you've got to do four months worth of painting. So for He'd be like, oh, no. Well, I mean, you look know, at what he had to do for number four. So um, for number four, he had to train in martial art, further martial arts training, get more gunplay, dogs, because he works with dogs in the third one, big yep. time. Horses, 
yeah. which is already one of his passions in real life. So That's he cool. just, they drew that actually in. They were like, well, Keanu already rides horses. This is more and more becoming just like a straight up Keanu Reeves uh, movie. <laughs> let's let's get him on horseback in this film because Keanu can already do it. We'd give him a bit more training. Um, so there's a real like, big section of the film built around him roaming the streets on the back of that horse. Amazing. And also he had, uh, he already does this in real life as well, but motorcycle training for this one, for motorcycle stuff. Sounds like it was really arduous for him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was supposed to be a trilogy. Right. At the beginning, it was supposed to be a trilogy. And when we saw this at cinema, we were saying to ourselves, oh, it's the last one, how's it yeah. going to end up? And then, not to give anything away, the third one ends in a way in which it's definitely not the end. <laughs> and the fourth film is currently in production now. Oh, man, they could go on. This is, I'm going to say it, it's going out there. This is the new James Bond. He's cooler. Everyone like these films are better than the new Bond films. Yeah, definitely. Like, and, they, and Keanu loves playing this character. They have exactly the right balance of serious and like light-hearted, like little sprinkle of comedy. And it's turning more and more into a Matrix reunion. Right. Because you've got Fishburne. Yeah. You've got uh, Tiger Chen's in these. Yeah. Um, and uh, Randall Duke Kim, who is the key maker in the Matrix. Is in the oh, film as well. so cool. Slowly bringing in all these Matrix. We keep saying, can we bring Carrie Ann Moss into, this, into the fourth one, please? She'd be fucking badass. Um, I wonder what sort of stuff, do you reckon, she, what animal would she bring up for her? Halle Berry brought in her, uh, like, she's got two yeah. German Shepherds, doesn't she? Yeah. And that scene is awesome. Yeah. But, um, so Amazing. And he, what he loved, especially about the third one, he loved filming in the Sahara. He'd never been to the Sahara and he really fell in love with that place. That's and, cool. Um, yeah, that was a real highlight for him. Even though, like, okay, so the like the plot, I don't even really remember like the ins and outs of the plots that much. It's just like watching badass that's the next, stuff. That's the next cool fight scene. Yeah, basically. I, the plot is amazing, but the fight scenes are better than the plot even. Yeah. Like, did you just see, you're always just waiting for what's the next creative way he's going to, like, murder someone. With a book. Yeah, exactly. The third one, like, that starts off, like, that, that might be why three is my favourite, because it's just like, okay, five minutes in, he's killed someone with a book. Not even where five minutes, it's literally opening scene, and yeah, he's doing where it. where we're going next. How can you go on from this? It's amazing. So it hasn't let me down so far, <sighs> I can't wait for more from this series, I hope it continues on and on at this calibre. Fantastic. Yeah. We'll so, stop quick gushing oh, about John Wick. We'll drop back. The Neon so Demon. I watched The Neon Demon. Right. Um, this is an NWR film. Um, he's the guy who did Drive, which mm-hmm. I love. And I always think, oh, God, I love this guy's style. I love this guy as a director. And then every time I watch one of his other films, I don't like it. Right. <laughs> Including this. Yeah. Um, this is probably the one I like the, the most after Drive, but I still didn't like it all that much. Mm-hmm. It's very, like, it just doesn't, it moves at a snail's pace and it's all atmosphere. Right. And it looks gorgeous, but it's just, I don't know, I love the concepts and I love the way it looks, but it didn't, and it had some really cool moments in it. Mm. And Keanu's role is very small. He's just like a sleazy motel owner. That didn't really grab you. Um, See, when I'm talking about it now, I'm thinking, oh, I did quite like it. It's mm. a weird one anyway, but Keanu's role is very minor. Right. Creepy motel mm. owner. Room 214. Gotta be seen. Um, okay. Let's talk about Destination Wedding then. Yes. 2018. 
This um, and is him and Winona Ryder again. Yeah, it's their fourth collaboration together. This was a bit of fun. It's like a rom-com um, job. Is They're it though? Kind of. To me, this was like the bitter version of... Um, a rom- it's like the, an anti-rom-com rom-com. What's the name of the film I'm thinking of? You know, Before Sunrise? Yeah. It's like the bitter version of that. Right. Where you only have two speaking characters yeah. in the whole film. And in that, they're all like purple pros and lovey-dovey. Yeah, yeah. And in this, they're like bitter and just like hate everyone. Miserable. And spend the whole time slagging off the world and each yeah. other and everyone around them. And that's why they get on. Yes. People are ridiculous and pathetic. Animals, that's all. We want to believe that there's some high-minded cosmic meaning behind love, but the truth is we're drawn to and make most of our decisions based upon shapes we find appealing, and colors and textures and smells and tastes and spatial relations. It's so stupid. This is pretty good. I mean, when I think about what people look like when they kiss or have sex, I want to vomit. You almost did vomit. I mean, there's nothing beautiful or transcendent about being human. Ultimately, it's just the filthy business of a revolting species trying to survive. I mean, if you've ever really watched another person eat or seen yourself in a mirror taking a shit or walked through South Coast Plaza, Mm. you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I had my eyes open when I was fucking you, and I thought we must have looked pretty good. My father thought he had a good golf swing. I was confused about the title of this film right. for ages because I thought it was like destination wedding. Right, okay. But it's, the setting is a destination wedding. Right, yeah. As in an, a wedding on location. I think that's a very American thing. Yes, because we don't really have that expression here. So no. I was like, destination wedding. But it's not <laughs> Do we, is I that, still say it like that. Is that a big part of the reason you were disappointed? I, is that, I thought it was going to be cheesier. Because right. of that naming. I thought it was going to be a bit cheesier than it was. It was a little bit just like miserable. It was very dry. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, the bit just... with the cat is fucking weird as well, like the panther. The whole thing is just a, like a string of soliloquies. Mm. Not soliloquies, there's two of them, or whatever you call a two-person soliloquy. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there's a word for that. But it's just these just scenes with conversations between these mm. two people throughout the course of this holiday weekend, this wedding yeah. weekend. In terms of like Keanu in this, I thought he was, um, I thought he was pretty great actually. Like he was his, annoying, but yeah. like intentionally so. His character was kind of like spot annoying. on. Yeah, it, they wasn't like an easy. It was an easy watch, but it wasn't like an enjoyable watch. It's it was really a bit like grating. Well. It's like an hour twenty. Yeah, so you can blitz through it. But his character was kind of interesting. He was very like like irritable, mm. and I think that's why it wasn't um, and like a quote unquote easy watch. So they filmed the whole thing in 10 days. It's yeah. super, just simple premise, simple concept. Um, uh-huh. Alternate title for this one mm. is A Narcissist Can't Die Because Then the Entire World Would End. Right. Which is a bit of a mouthful, so I stick to Destination Wedding. But this is it's an odd one. Yeah. It's not for everyone, but if it's for you, It's a really light left, left field one. Yeah. I, for me, it was like I kind of... I met it on its terms and it was all right. Yeah. But it wasn't my favourite. But for some some people love it. Oh, okay. Like it's a real... I didn't hate it. I thought it was interesting. Like the concept of yeah. it was really interesting. Just like the fact that these two people are just... It's like a stage play. Yeah. It's like watching a series of stage performances. It's mm. an interesting film. Um, so again, like another one he was in just like for a little bit. 
um, wasn't the main event, always be my maybe. I would argue that he was the main event. Okay. Because his stuff was the best bit of the film. <laughs> it was the best section of the film. I was really laughing. Yeah. Uh, this is a great film anyway. Like, I really like this film. I'm, I was really surprised by this film because this is a rom-com. Yeah. But this was... Every now and then I watch... I've seen a lot of rom-coms even though they're not my favourite. And every now and then one comes along where I'm like, that was... I Actually, that was really fun. Yeah. And this was really fun. Yeah. Um, the main characters are played by Ali Wong and Randall Park. Mm-hmm. And I really like their performances in it. Yeah, I thought I really they were like really good. It was super funny Um, and just like really real, Mm. just like just honest and like real. um, And I like that. And um, they're basically like kind of high school sweethearts. Like they grow up. Not even that, childhood friends. Yeah, they kind of grow up together and then they drift apart. And Keanu comes in when Ali Wong's character like. Bumps into a party. Bumps into it and then they end up dating. dating, yeah. Yeah. And he's incredible in it. Um, he's so he's like he plays himself, but like a really exaggerated. In the version. same way that actors play themselves in something like extras, where yeah. you're playing a version of yourself, but done in such a good way because yeah. he's playing. It's, like an, it's it's playing on the fact that everyone like, knows Keanu's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. So he's playing the what if he was an up his ass. Yeah. Dickhead, basically. Yeah. So funny. And he's the most like narcissistic yeah. person. Who is the most disturbing person you've ever masturbated to? Oh. <laughs> um, Gene Wilder. Mao Zedong. Um, uh, Princess Jasmine with her midriff top. A cartoon? <laughs> wow, that's disgusting. <laughs> and Gene Wilder isn't. Hey. Gene Wilder's a cinematic treasure. What about Mao Zedong? Have you seen a picture of him? Of course I have. I'm very familiar with Chinese dignitaries, Marcus. Xi Jinping. Li Keqiang. Okay. You you know everything. Fine. I get it. Okay, okay. Guys, this is just a game, right? (laughs) He actually improvised like a lot of his stuff for this film. And it totally works. That's why he's an amazing actor. (laughs) Yeah. He only had four days to film his sex stuff for this because it was in the middle of filming John Wick 3. Oh my God. So he was, he was, he was flying in San Fran filming his stuff for this. He had four and days then, to do it. Wow. Um, he was like the person they wanted for this role. They wrote the script not knowing they would get him. Right. Um, and when they did, they were just like, oh, I can't believe it. This is, that's going to make the I film. can't believe he did that in only a few days. He just switches it on. He's well, just always incredible. They were very particular about getting someone um, who had mixed ethnicity because everyone oh, cool. in the film is it's mostly an Asian-American cast. Yeah. So um, Ali Wong, who's one of the main writers of this, she was like, really wanted Keanu mm. uh, because his heritage is uh, mixed Hawaiian and Chinese. Yeah. And she's like, I always know that because my parents... Well, I loved that he was like had Chinese heritage, That's and cool. they would bang on about it when yeah. I was growing up. Yeah, oh, you know he's he's got Chinese uh, par- par- uh, parentage. <laughs> Did you know that? So she was like, if I wanted to make sure getting him made still made the cast like mostly Asian American. She's just sticking it to her parents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he was definitely the right choice. So I, I think this is a really, really good romance romance comedy. Yeah, really fun. 
Um, definitely put it on your to watch list because it's hilarious. And the thing's on Netflix. It is on Netflix, so it's a Netflix movie. Yeah. So you can watch it if you're. If everyone's got Netflix, so easy to watch. Mm. And finally, Toy Story Four. Yeah, we talked about Toy Story Four. We both really liked Toy Story Four. Yeah. Um, and he's Duke Kaboom. Yeah. Motorcyclist, yeah. just like uh, in real life, uh, and he loved playing this character. Yeah. Um, the character's so hilarious. Like, I mean, the entire of Toy Story 4 is amazing and, like, funny, but his character is just, like, really absurd. <laughs> he, he, but he really sort of keyed into the emotional aspect of this character. He, like, mm. knew the character was ridiculous. Yeah. But also, he has, like, a little bit of poignancy. Yeah. So he said what he loved about the character and what he still, like, loves so much about this character is the mix of bravery and vulnerability yeah. in him. Yeah. Because like the, it's one of them like crappy toys that don't really work, like they do on the adverts. You're yeah. like, oh, cool, let's go do everything. Like, oh, it looks so awesome when you get it. It doesn't it doesn't work the same. Yeah. And he's like self conscious about that. Yeah. And it's such a great idea <laughs> for a, a character in these films. Yeah, I love that. Um, on the Bill and Ted three set, at the moment he has a Duke Kaboom toy that they hide around the set, and it's like a scavenger hunt every day. Oh my god. <laughs> He, what's better than that, honestly? Um, but he does this constant posing and stuff. Yeah. That was Keanu's input. He wanted to do that. So when they cool. he met to talk about it, he apparently jumped up on the table and started like doing the poses. That oh, my he's God. He's like, I want to do this and that. And <laughs> I wish I was a fly on the wall. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Amazing. Hi, Duke. Who's the cowboy? Duke, meet Woody. Woody, meet... Duke Kaboom. Canada's greatest stuntman. Oh, yeah. Yes. He's posing. Duke. Duke, we need to... Hold on. One more. Oh, yeah. It's a really fun character. But yeah, we've already kind of spoken about Toy Story 4. um, Yeah, and also, like, it's going to take a hell of a voice performance to make it onto our lists for the end of the thing. But, um... Toy Story, always a good watch. Yes. So. Some people were very sceptical about Toy Story 4 and didn't think it was necessary. And then when it came out, they were like, oh, it's not as good as the others. It is. It's as good as, it's, it's great. It's as good as the first three. Yeah. I think. I think now also like, because everybody who saw the original ones has grown up and it's a really nice, like if you are, if you're old and those people, like if you grew up with Toy Story like I did, um, it's kind of like a really nice bookend to like the original trilogy with a bit more like perspective now you're older obviously it definitely still appeals to like the young generation and kids but um it's one of those things if you um have been following on for a long time and you're kind of invested in it it's a really nice um sort of addendum yeah and it gives a really good unexpected closure to some of the characters as well so there we go we made it we made it so let's have a little break We'll come back and try and do a quick wrap up and choose our favourites. Yeah. Decide on the known fours and talk about what's coming up next. Mm-hmm. We're back. Okay. This was quite easy, I thought, for me. Yeah. Because he's done so many great films. We loved a lot of these films, but like the really great ones. Some stand out. Just stand out. You're just like, okay, once I've picked that, that, and that. Mm. Oh, okay, I've got one more choice. Like, yeah. it was really easy. But, okay, so do you want to go first and do your top four? What are your favourite four Keanu okay. films? Right, in no particular order. The Matrix, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, 
uh, a scanner darkly, and I've put John Wick one, but secretly it's all of them. Really, well, I'm really surprised. Right. I really thought Constantine was going to be on your list. Yeah, I do. It's that or Scanner Darkly, but I love Scanner Darkly because of its like unique aesthetic. Yeah. Like definitely. I was thinking that our lists were going to be kind of the same and you were going to have Constantine and I was going to have Scanner Darkly. Oh, uh, okay. All right, I'll swap then. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to put the, put the pressure on that. <laughs> it's not a difficult swap. I'll, I'm going to go Constantine then. Okay. I do really like that. It's such a... Um, it's like not an amazing film. It's not like the incredible film, but he is obviously like the main character in it, which is why it's really good for a mm-hmm. Keanu film. Um, and I, like, I touched on it when we spoke about it more in depth, but like it's definitely foreshadows later films mm-hmm. for him in terms of his like character... Um, like the ones that he prefers portraying, I think. Mm. So yeah, let's go with that then. So The Matrix, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Constantine and John Wick 1. Okay. Mine are. Okay. The Matrix, surprise, surprise. Right. Scanner Darkly. Yeah. John Wick 3. Right. Parabellum. Okay. And Point Break. Oh, nice. Love Point Break. Yeah, yeah. that's that's really my good. That's my favorite of his older films. Yeah. Yeah, really, really good. Um, but I did like really, really like surprisingly permanent record okay, as yeah. an early film. That was quite close for me because I was mm. just, I think I was just so surprised by like I didn't really like a lot of his really young roles, but yeah. that really struck a chord. Yeah, permanent record was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any others that I really loved? Mm. I mean, I liked a lot of them. Yeah, but yeah, they were they were the four for me. It was so easy because I was like, well, it's going to be a John Wick film. Mm. It's going to be a Matrix film. Um, I love A Scanner Darkly and I'm like okay what's this my favourite classic Point mm. Break boom it was so easy to choose for this one yeah Um, but yeah known for suggestions okay so, so Matrix obviously yeah yeah so his current ones are The Matrix Matrix Reloaded Speed and Point Break yes so we're keeping The Matrix definitely what were your other suggestions and we're definitely putting in John Wick yeah and I just think put the first one in yeah yeah and then I definitely think Bill and Ted. Yes, because these too. are the three big franchises. You gotta have Matrix, John Wick, Bill and Ted. Yeah. But then it's like, what next? I'm keeping Speed. Okay, I've got Speed. I've got a contention because I was thinking Speed or Point Break maybe. Right. And then I was like, oh, maybe Devil's Advocate. Cause it's just so bonkers. But I was like, oh, maybe not. And then I thought, maybe it should be My Own Private Idaho. Mm, okay. I don't know. But Speed is such a classic. But then is Point Break better? It is. So we all just remember speed. I think that's the case. Like, I think, but this is like the public, isn't it? No, it's not. Oh. It's what we think he should be known for. We, mm. This is what we think a good. Okay, well, it's a silly hill to die on speed, isn't it? So let's go with. I mean, okay, I will go for speed. If you love speed and you think it should be there to represent his I think it's, career, it catches him at a really interesting point, but I think Point Break's probably better. And you would go for one of them two action movies over yeah. Idaho? I think so. Yeah. Let's go point break. Going point break. Yeah. Done. So Matrix. After all them films, we've wrapped it up. Well, I could have guessed what it would be even before we watched (laughs) them all. Not that I enjoyed them. So what we've decided on, here's Known Force. Change them. IMDb, get on the blower. We need you to talk to you. We're going to change them to keep the Matrix, keep point break. Why isn't John Wick in there? Mm. And why isn't Bill and Ted in there? I know. I'm very excited for the new Bill and Ted as well. Oh, I'm sceptical. 
I'm very excited about the new Matrix, even though I am very skeptical of that too. <laughs> right. So watch this space for uh, Keanu Reeves, known for part two. <laughs> uh, so what we've got next time, you already announced, yeah. your next choice is Pam Greer. Yeah. Which was a real like out of left field choice. Yeah. Uh, and we started watching some of these, oh my some God. really interesting uh, mix of 70s black exploitation movies, yeah. which are themselves um, maybe kind of uh, troubled era of cinema to talk about, but, talk about, but we'll do our best to yeah. uh, guide a really unique guide you genre. Yeah. Not that I'd seen, like, I think, um, like, growing up, I'd seen a lot of genres, like, I saw a lot of like westerns and stuff mm. like that. You always see like a lot of action films, but definitely like black exploitation is something that I didn't know anything about. And no. this is my first watch of all of these films, pretty much. And it's a weird genre because it's got negative connotations, and there are negative stereotypes and portrayals in them. Yeah, but also did a lot of good for certain other things. So yeah. it'll be an interesting thing to talk about the yeah. balance it strikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as some of her like other roles after the black exploitation era. So, yeah, this been Which interesting so far. Why I know her because you know I said when I, um. What are her known for?s By the way, they are at the moment Jackie Brown, Above the Law, Ghosts of Mars, and Mars Attacks. Absolutely shocking that there's not one black exploitation film in that known for. I know. So already it's getting changed. We know that. I think so. We've got a few more to watch yet before we make... Yeah, we'll probably watch about half the ones we're going to watch. It's going good so far. And then after that, we've got my next choice. Oh, my God. So this is going to be a big one. Um, This is an actor You've been bigging this up all week. I'm so... He's such a legendary, famous actor and considered like one of the greats. Right. But I've only seen a handful of his films. I know he's great, but Mm -hmm. I haven't seen a lot of his great performances. Okay. So... I think it's time for us to crack into Denzel Washington. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. So what have you seen then? I don't know. I can't think of stuff off the top of my head. (laughs) But can you um, just let us know now what his known fors are? Yeah. Because I want to know if I've actually seen any of his known for roles. Because I feel like I've only seen some of his sort of like weirder ones. Right, so his current IMDb is uh, Fences. Never seen. The Book of Eli. Never seen. That's on our list. It's been on our list for ages, yeah. yeah. Training Day. Never seen. I know that is an absolutely legendary film, but I've never seen it. And Antoine Fisher. Never seen it. So, so, I mean, I've never seen any of his known fours. I'm I'm very excited. So what what are you thinking when you think of him then? I've seen some of his films like, I've seen like The Mancurian Candidate, which Mm -hmm. is pretty good. Uh, I've seen Malcolm Bone X. Collector, which isn't great. I haven't seen Malcolm X. I really want to watch Malcolm yeah. X. Um, I can't think off the top of my head, but I haven't seen a lot of his like really great roles, you know? Yeah. So I'm looking forward to digging into it. But American that's, Gangster. that's for two months' time. Mm, for cool. now, if you... this and No no episode is ever going to be as long as this one. I feel like we've just leaned into how long this is now. We're going to be nearing the three-hour mark by the time we fucking finish this. Mm, well done for getting this far. Yeah, if you... God bless you. If you've come this far through, through this podcast, wow, well done. This will tide you over for a month. We're uh, sharp the now. Next one. Yeah. So if you want to get in contact with the show and suggest films, uh, Pam Greer, if you get in super quick, uh, or Denzel, Denzel Washington. Washington. Yeah. Or suggest ideas for future four and one more episodes. I know people are enjoying those. Yeah, the Western one went um, really well. 
If there's a like a genre or a uh, particular director that you want us yeah. to chat about and d- delve into. So you can email us at? Knownforpod at gmail.com. Or you can contact us on the website, which is? Knownforpod.com. Uh, I think you, it's .com. Yes, it is. Yeah. And you can support my time editing this and the other shows I work on at patreon.com slash bobshoy. That's B-O-B-S-H-O-Y. And you can buy extra episodes of Forum One More at bobshoy.bandcamp.com. And if you want to contact me directly and you don't want to email me, you're on social media, you can find me at bobshoy on Twitter. Cool. And uh, let's just, just call it a day there. We're done, right? Thanks for listening. Thanks, Congratulations for getting this far through. So we'll see you next time for Pam Greer. Um, so until next time, um, be excellent to one another. No, we thought it was last one. We have to do the next one. <laughs> we'll see all you uh, jive ass mother <laughs> next time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. I want to get online. I need a computer. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.